Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And it's the first episode of 2013 for our podcast, and today's episode is called The Fire Rises. Uh, primarily because we're talking about Little Inferno. We're going to be sharing impressions of that uh, download game from, for the Wii U, as well as impressions of Chasing Aurora and uh, Gunman Clive for the 3DS, also both downloadable games. Gunman Clive? Gunman Clive. Oh, that's Gunman Clive. Clive, with a V. Oh, oh alright. Looks cool. Saw the trailer, apparently. I like how the trailer's all tongue-in-cheek, and it's like, a game where you shoot things, and you beat levels, and yeah. But anyway, so we're going to talk about all that, but before we talk about... Oh, yeah, so that's one reason it's called The Fire Rises. The other reason we're calling it that is because any... Right. We're not even talking about Phoenix, right? Phoenix Rise? Fire Rises? No. no. The other reason we're talking about it is because it's a tagline from the Dark Knight trilogy, and I'm obsessed with those movies, so whenever I can sneak in any reference whatsoever, I do. Yeah. Much to your dismay jose you see jose doesn't like the dark knight trilogy that that that's where the problem lies here but but i managed to sneak it in anyway <laughs> so i'll let it go this time anyway so um there's a lot of news to talk about before we you get to the thing when i put in on some sort of ninja turtle references in all right future, fair know. fair enough uh so before we get to all those impressions there's a lot of news to get to we have new uh wii u sales numbers we have some uh, new info on third-party Wii U games. Wait, isn't that the we, sad news we today? Have, well, I'm saying before, I said there's a lot of news. Not as much as you think. The internet had a huge knee-jerk reaction where basically like, oh no, Wii U's doomed. And I think otherwise, somewhat. It's not all happy-go-lucky, but it's not doomsday like some people are saying. I'll explain why in Jason Sales Corner later. But before all that, before the Fire Emblem info, before the third-party Wii game discussion, we have the bombshell that Nintendo dropped, probably the biggest game of 2013 for Nintendo platform, and that is the announcement of Pokemon X and Y exclusively on the 3DS. Very, very surprised about that, actually. Really? Well, but when did it got announced? Wait, you're surprised that's on the 3DS? You're surprised that it was announced already? No, that it was announced already. Oh, yeah, they broke their cycle. It used to be every... Two years they'd announce one and or release one every two years. Now they're doing so Black and White Two just came out in October, and now they're announcing one for next October. Yeah, anyway, that we're finally here. Like the game, everyone's always going like, "Oh, I just want a 3D Pokemon game." Yeah, and here it is, and, and I'll buy the 3DS. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many people like, "I'm gonna buy a 3DS as soon as the 3D Pokemon's out," and here it is. Yeah. So uh, now people have to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, they do. They have ten months to do it. Yeah. It's not out to October. But so here's... I have a friend that literally bought a 3DS the moment it was announced. Are you serious? Well, not the moment because it was 3 a.m. I'm just but... picturing like at 3 a.m. rushing out to a 24-hour Walmart and being like, I must get a 3DS. <laughs> yep. Give me all your 3DSs. <laughs> every color, every variety, XL, normal, all of them. Anyway, so Pokemon X and Y is a new game. Uh, a little background for those who may not know much about it. Which Nintendo. Are hmm? Which one are you getting? We'll get to that. Because we should probably describe what they're about before we get to the differences. All right. In ten minutes, you guys are going to know which version you're going to get. Even <laughs> Basically. Though we don't know any version, even though it feels like one word. Yeah, it's not one letter, it's X or Y. So, uh, Nintendo announced these games during a special worldwide Nintendo Direct. I think it's the first time they've done three simultaneous ones what like you mean this. mean Pokemon Direct? I yes, that's Nintendo true. Direct they anyway. called it, it was on Nintendo Direct's sub-site on Nintendo.com, but they called it Pokemon Direct. Yeah, you're right. Um, and it's, as we kind of already alluded to, it's Generation 6 of the Pokemon RPGs. It's exclusive to the 3DS. Uh, they took about eight minutes to make the... The video's ten minutes long. Eight minutes of it is like, Pokemon Red and Blue were the first versions to come out in America. 
you know, in America, and it came out six months after their Japanese counterparts, Red and Green. Yeah, yeah. Then Gold and Silver came out two years later, and these two introduced color and put legendaries on the box for the first time. Then there was Ruby and Sapphire, which upped the gra- like it was eight minutes of just that. But they kept emphasizing the date, like but yeah, they kept it going. Still came out a year later. They it kept going in there. Yeah, it was like and it. You know, it did. It, it was. It yeah, exactly. Like by so, the, like, the time the it world got to the new launch. one, like you could tell, like it was like, oh, well, all right, it has to do something with the launch. It's gonna come out at the same time or something. Exactly. Is it Which is why it's good. Day or like uh, same week? month. Same month. Oh. At least that's the plan. We'll get to that. I feel like that's the last of the conversation because it's like first of all, I know what the game is, and then it's like when's it hitting? Well, it's we already Pokemon. said October <laughs> like twenty times, but um, but yeah. So as you said, it's a fully three D world for once. It's cell shaded, which actually makes sense. It's kind of a natural progression of the sprites to go into cell shading. Uh, it looks like all those models they made for Pokedex 3D Pro, all those really nice models of all 649 Pokemon, it looks like they're going to be using those, but they put a cell shading overlay on them. So, you know, they're putting those to good use. They did look really good, those models. Like, they actually like, yeah. really have the personality. The only part of the game that I thought looked good. Yeah, the battles were the best looking part of the game by far. Uh, but in terms of the rest of the game, Overworld's 3D now has like di- these dynamic swooping cameras. So sometimes it's top-down view like Pokemon of of old. Sometimes it's like behind the back, kind of like Black and White was, but a little more so, like more like almost a Zelda game. Sometimes you're going into the camera. There's one scene where they show uh, the main character what looks like rollerblading down what looks like a Parisian street, basically, and um, he's going straight into the camera. And it looks honestly, when it's zoomed in that much, it looks kind of janky. You could yeah. tell, I mean, they have all oh, over like, the website and all over the trailer, it's like, this footage is not final. So I think they know it looks kind of janky. It's like, I don't know if the frame rate takes a dive when they zoom in or what, but it just well, looks yeah, weird. But, well, I mean, like, normally, like, I don't really try to, like, pick apart gameplay footage when they're showing it in trailers just because, like, okay, of course the game's going to look jaggy because it looks better on the 3DS screen. Yeah. But, I don't know, like... Something about it like, looks some, off. Some, like, one of the first things I thought about this game, it's like, wow, like, this game already looks like... You could tell it's like... They're like it, it's more obvious that it's like their first 3D attempt. Like you could tell there's yeah. gonna be way more improvement. It already looks like I don't know, like maybe like a couple it's, generations down the line is gonna be like, wow, I can't believe it looked this way. But I'm already thinking like, wow, I can't believe it looks this way. Yeah, I mean when it's top down, yeah, it's not horrible. When it's top know. down, when it's the old school Pokemon camera angle, it looks really good in 3D. I think like when it's zoomed back, like when they have like the shots where he's walking down like Route Three and you see the draw distance, like way off in the distance is the city. Like, that shot looks really good. It kind of actually reminds me of the Dragon Quest DS game yeah, graphics, but a little design. crisper. That's what I thought it, they looked yeah. like. Yeah. But, like, I that looks the game again just because... I mean, the trailer again just because yeah. that's too... Yeah. yeah, but it definitely, when I first saw it, I was like, whoa. whoa. What? Like, it was kind of jarring. But um, overall, yeah, when it zoomed out, it looks okay. Yeah, up close and, like, is when it looks kind of funny. like, super up close. Like, I mean, it looks... The model it's, looks fine, but yeah. also it still looks like... It's, yeah. the like, the geometry's off or something. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean... It's almost like, I know the 3DS could do better, but I don't really know what better well, would be. Well, it can do so. better. It shows it can do better because the battles look really good. But before we get to that, one yeah, thought... I feel like they're different... I don't know. It's like different graphics yeah, engines it's almost. it's different art styles. Like, not quite. Not well, quite. Well, the characters don't really look cel-shaded. Well, you could... They, they, they have an overlay. You could tell they're a little cel-shaded. Uh, they have like a little... Yeah, but they like, don't seem as cel-shaded as No, I, that's why I said they look like, like they're the Pokedex 3D. It's consistent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's why it looks like the Pokedex 3D Pro models, but with a filter on them, basically. Mm. Like, the, the battles. But um, before I get to battles, a couple thoughts on the overworld, or one thought on the overworld, is that, um, one, it kind of looks like it's going to be based on Europe, which is cool, because they've done so many in Asia and Japan, and they did one in San America, black and white, roughly. So it's cool that they're going Asia. 
but the thing that's kind of annoying is so. Like they're going Asian. I mean, you're up. Thank you. But it's kind of annoying that if you watch the footage, the character still moves. You have the circle pad to control the character, 360 degrees of motion, but he's still moving in like a grid ma manner. You know, like he could go up, down, left, right, not like that. Either that or the person controlling him is using the D-pad. It's very good at keeping him straight or using. The yeah, it looked like he was stuck to a grid, which is kind of strange. If you're making a full 3D game and it's with a system which has the primary input of a joystick, not a control pad, you would expect it to use a stick. Yeah, but, and at, be the built same, for but the at the same time, like I mean, if the if the overworld is designed for it not to really be necessary to need the 360 degrees of motion... But still, it's just odd. Like, when, when you play, like, any other game, it would feel, like, weird to not be able to move 360 degrees if you have the ability... Like, if you have the control stick and the game's built yeah, for the true. control stick. But we were talking about... I mean, there's not much else to say. We'll see how it is. Nintendo, literally, they released a minute of footage. I mean, it can't so. be too hard to fix that. No, and like I said, it's a minute of footage. Who knows how it actually play out. But what, uh... We were already talking the battles look actually pretty good. They're fully animated now. They're kind of like Pokemon Stadium or Pokemon Battle Revolutions battles. They play out with, you know, full animations, dynamic cameras. Pokemon have different expressions. They do different things. It looks good. That's the best looking part of the game, in my opinion. Yeah. But I can't help... I wonder if that's gonna, like... One of the things they did in black and white that was nice was they sped up the battles a bit. I wonder if these animations... I mean, Stadium moved kind of a decent clip, from what I remember. But I can't help but wonder, like, if they do these full dramatic 3D animations, and then after that they're like, Psyduck used blah blah blah, then that, I feel like it'll slow it down if the animations take twice as long, and then they first have to tell you the attack like they do with the 2D ones. I don't know, if anything, I think it'll be, I mean, if it's anything like Battle Revolution, from what I played, compared to, like, the DS ones, I think it should be about the same, if not a little faster. Because usually with the 3D ones, from what I've noticed, the 3D battles, like in Revolution, mm -hmm. damage is taken away at the exact same time that, like I said, super effective. And so oh, you have okay. to wait. You have to watch it go yeah, down. You, you have to wait for the animation to go, and yeah. then the little character, like, flickers, and then the health goes down, and then right. it says it's super effective. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Usually like, that all that happens is instantaneous, like, in the 3D battles, Yeah, that's which is really nice. That's kind of what I was getting at, is I hope they don't, like, keep the old school, each thing is one individual process, and then have those long 3D animations on top. And I'm also, they blend them. And I'm also assuming um, damage is going to be reduced percentage-wise instead of, like, being subtracted at a, at a, rate, at a certain rate from the HP. Like, I would assume that. What I mean, well, you know what I mean, right? You're saying that I'd be like, it, wait, no. Well, what? Okay, <laughs> fine. An example would be, like, if you um, one-hit KO a Blissey, which has, like, about, like, yeah, yeah. over 500 HP... Um, in Battle Revolution, it's, it'll, Blissey will die as fast as a Pokemon that has, like, 5 HP. It just goes down instantaneously, like, pretty fast. Oh, you're saying instead but, of it dwindling but, down yeah, but 600, the, but 500, but, but 400, DS, 300, it goes 200. so slow. Right, because it goes all the, yeah. you're saying it chops off a chunk of the HP instead of showing it going down yeah. digit by digit. Okay, exactly. yeah, yeah, I'm that would, sure that would be better, I agree. Um, but yeah, one, I mean, I guess it's too early to say, I hope... I imagine what they would do, they have the dual screens, the animations are playing out on the top screen based on trailer. I imagine they can put all that information, like, it's super effective, blah, blah, on the bottom screen, simultaneously. Yeah. Like, that'd make it a lot easier. But either way, battles have been tweaked a little based on the trailer, a lot. They look, like, the how they play out looks a lot different. And they also have a snazzy new, a, a new, a, you know, a wild Pokemon appeared, and it actually shows the Pokemon approaching through the grass or whatever, instead of just having it do, like, you know, the fade to black cue the battle music oh. bit. So that's kind of nice. I feel like they should have the new battle music. I always love the battle music. I feel like the battle music in one... Was it black and white? Or was it... 
Hardcore and Soul Turbo. No, Hardcore and Soul Turbo was a remake. It had to be black and white. It was, like, almost too boppy. It wasn't, like, battle intense. It was like, yeah, we're gonna battle now. You ready? Yay! Oh, like, well, it didn't feel right. Oh, Pokemon battle music is never really too intense. No, but, like, the original, like, it was more intense than black and white, at least. Like, the original, Probably. like, Gold and Silver. Like, literally, black and white's like, it's time for a battle, guys! And, like, the original's like, we have to battle! Like, it had, like, a different vibe. Oh, well, I mean... Uh, I don't know, maybe that's just me. I don't know that's just exactly, me. But, but trainer battle music is always usually more intense. True. But anyway, um, so that's battles. Uh, they've revealed five new Pokemon so far for Black and White on, on the trailer. Um, there's three new starters, naturally. There's Chespin, who is looks like a chipmunk wearing a hoodie. Okay. <laughs> He's a grass type. There's Fennec, Fennekin, sorry, which is a fire fox. So I imagine it evolves into the internet browser. But I'm... Sorry. I'm here, I'm, I'm here every two weeks. Oh. There's uh, Froakie, my personal favorite, which is a water frog. And then there are the legendaries, which Nintendo has given up all hope of getting them real names. So you've got uh, Xerneas. <laughs> or Hernia, so you could say he's a her- like, um, hernia. Like a hernia? No, I think it's Xerneas. Yeah, definitely. Which is, this is, okay, Hernia. Xerneas <laughs> actually looks awesome. Xerneas is like this like noble elk-like steed thing with swords for legs and multicolored rainbow jing- or jingly antlers. Oh, the red, blue, and yellow. Yeah, like the old Pokemon. And it's like they're black and white, like the most recent Yes, ones. and they're swords. Did I mention they're swords? And its pupils have access, and its pupils are access. Your, your email's going crazy on your computer. Oh, and they're swords. Yeah. Did I mention they're swords on his feet? Because there are swords cool. on his feet. Yeah, but yeah, he uh, and see his ha- his antlers when he stands, you know, with his legs spread apart, he forms a giant X with the antlers and the legs, which is why he's Xerneas, which starts with an X because his Pokemon X. Then he didn't spread his legs though; they just showed yeah, the but X, that, they just I showed know. his pupil X eye. Yeah, but he also, if you look at his, if he were to stand well, yeah, yeah. in a battle stance, he'd have an X. Well, yeah. And then there's a because claw- of the logo, I'm yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's a red he and a red clawed bird with really like almost look like translucent veins or something, and that guy's name is. I swear, Nintendo, do you want us to not be able to pronounce your Pokemon? It's Yveltal. 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 Why do you want to... Uh, I don't know. Anyway, and he looks it like it a giant... It's probably Yveltal. And he looks like a giant Y. His, like, the way his Bion wings are shaped. Get it? Because he's for Pokemon Y. So he looks like a Y. Why? Which means when they make Pokemon Z inevitably, which will be the third version, inevitably, they're going to have this crazy-looking thing that looks like a giant Z. That thing has to be a snake of some sort. It has to be. <laughs> yeah, and guess, considering the Steed dude... Xerneas is on land, and Vettel is on is in the air. I'm guessing Z guy. Whenever he's announced, that should be his name, by the way. Z guy. Does that sound like a Pokemon Z guy? Like spelled like Z E E G U I E. Z guy. Z gui. Anyway, he uh he'll probably be C. So yeah. he'll be an eel. Oh, they already did an eel. No, they did a dragon. There's Emerald eels. was was he an eel? Well, no, no. I mean, there's no eel legend. Well, they'll do a legendary eel because eels. Deserve legendary stats, I guess. I don't know. But honestly, okay, the reason I went through all these Pokemon is, in my opinion, these designs are actually really good. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of the more recent generations. We've talked about this before. You didn't like Oshawott? Or Snivy? Or Snivy? Chester? I just like Snivy because he had the fake internet name of Smugly, and he looks smug. You like so Zork? Cool. Well, okay, fine. Let me rephrase. I think these are the best designs they've had in a while. I'm not saying the others are bad. These are better, in my opinion. I like, I don't know, I just like them for some reason. Oh. Well, yeah. I guess everyone. everyone you can't do. argue with me. Oh, just yeah, like yeah, yeah, so yeah, You're yeah. like about to. You're like, uh, no, no. Well, no, because, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, 
But yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. I mean, you think there's a better band than I one? do. And I, feel I, I, free... I think they've all been pretty even through every generation. I don't really... Well, we've had this discussion really like before, really back like in our Pokemon episode, which I think was my, my, my nostalgia goggles for how the old look has like pretty much faded away. See, mine start too when you point out all the flaws with a lot of them. For example, oh. Jinx is a very racist Pokemon. <laughs> but overall, Especially considering I started with the fourth generation, which is like the well, one that's why you didn't have nostalgia before. goggles, as you put it. No, you started well, with the fourth well, generation. No, I mean, like, Wait, I, you didn't I, play the original? No, I, I did, but I didn't get into it until the fourth one. Oh, you got a. I mean, you had a sad my, childhood. Then. My Game Boy Color came with Pokemon Blue, so I played it as. I, other than that, I don't, honestly, I don't know if I would have. I probably would have picked it up, but man, you had a sad childhood. I remember I, I played it. I thought it was fun, but I didn't really go back to it. And then yeah, oh. and, and I, I mean yeah, the next game I got was Diamond, which I think I, I skipped over hard and hard. You skipped <laughs> over Gold and Silver and Ruby, Ruby and Sapphire, Sapphire, and I got Diamond and I got Addicted. Well, I will point out that I... Oh, because I heard of all the step stuff, and that's what got me into oh, it. Oh, see, I didn't like all the step stuff. I didn't like that it got so overly complicated, which I'm sure this one will be... Which is what I love. Like, yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. We're like polar opposites. But I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. I'm like an OG Pokemon hipster. Yo. No, I'm like... I. My friend got Blue the week it came out and got me hooked on it the week it came out. And the show didn't premiere until... I think the show premiered right around the same time, but, you know, it's still an unheard of thing at that point, kind of. Like, the trend didn't pick up for another year or so. Or a couple months, at least. And I was like, I was there day one, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna spend thousands of dollars on this Pokemon merchandise. I'm gonna spend more on Pokemon than you guys, ha! And apparently that was a bragging right as a kid. Oh. And I wasted a ton of money, and now I just have bags full of Pokemon stuff. Yeah, Which is gonna be worth something one day, I yeah, hope. I have, like, cool. 4,000 Pokemon cards, though, in my closet somewhere. I can appreciate some cool Pokemon merchandise. Yeah, no, there is some cool stuff. I also have, like, the Burger King toys. The little, they're, like, tops, but they're, like, Pokemon. They're, oh, like, a top oh, yeah. yeah I have a Meryl one. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Let's I get back to... Yeah, I, I have Jigglypuff, Meryl, and Pikachu, I think. See, I don't remember. Pikachu was not there top. was a Pikachu one. But, no, a top? Yep. I didn't mean Golem. No, I mean Pikachu. I have it. Oh, alright. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I think... I remember, like, each one was, like, different. Like, there was one that was light. I feel like Pikachu was kind of light. No, no, no. They had a set of tops you could... I think you could buy them separately from the kids' meal or something. Maybe it wasn't Burger King. Maybe you bought, bought, bought them in stores. Yeah, I don't know. But I had like three of them. Point being, Pokemon X and Y, that's all they officially announced, sort of. That's all the trailers showed. But they gave a lot of hints of what's to come. It's always fun to speculate, especially when we talk about what's arguably one of the biggest games of the year. So shall we speculate? Why not? It's like I'm waiting for someone on the other end listening to this in a week to be like, well, yes. And then. Uh, it's kind of hard to catch that pun when. No, I, I'm not saying it wasn't fun. I'm just saying, like, I just realized how dumb it was for me to ask like that. Oh, no, because I said why not. Oh, why not? Oh, oh, exactly. I'm sorry. People are turning this off in in in, in uh, Matt and Mass now. I also can't talk. Okay, speculation. So there are a couple things that the chair hinted at. A lot of these are probably, like, crazy pipe dreams of mine, but I'm going to run through them anyway. Uh, first up, trailer starts, character's looking in the mirror. Why? Would he be looking in the mirror? Besides a nice intro because where it's like, people, look, he's ready to set out. I like look to, at mirrors. I like to think that it's a hint that there'll be character customization. And you gotta look at your outfit. Because who cares what the outfit looks like from the front if you're constantly looking at it from the back? That's theory, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that's my theory. That's theory number one. I'm starting with the simple ones and going to the more in-depth crazy. I'm starting with the definitely, likely and going to the... better than just picking what kind of trainer you want to be. Do you want to look like an ace trainer or yeah. last trainer or whatever? But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting with the logical ones and going to the crazy. Basically, I'm going the Howard Hughes path here. He started as the same person, and he was insane by the end. 
I don't, I assume people get that reference. Someone got get that reference. Howard Hughes is a big name from the 20s. Anyway, uh, so that's theory number one. Theory number two, this isn't even a theory, it's just an observation. Uh, Pokemon from all generations appear to be in the game, unlike Black and White, where it was just new Pokemon. There's nothing from Johto. But if they have ones from Gen 5, and they have Pikachu and Psyduck, they've got to have everything in between. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. They have Pikachu, they have to have Pichu. Pichu yeah, and they have Psyduck, and they had uh, Bidoof's Evolution. Yeah. I forgot its name. And they had some Gen 5 Bidoof? Bidoof's Evolution, the chips. Is that Bibber on it? Who's the gopher-looking one in the trailer? Isn't that Bidoof's Evolution? Zebra? I don't think With I the saw buck Zebra. Teeth. Whatever, they had a... They, they had, had multiple generations. They had, they had Curly on it. I know they had, a ch- I know they had a Gen 5 in there, that I don't remember the name of it. I know they had... Psyduck and Pikachu. Oh yeah, they had the that one little fighting thing the that looks like a gopher. Um, yeah. They had a gopher thing with buck teeth. Oh, it probably was Zebra. Okay, thank you. That's Gen Four. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. No, I'm that. saying they also had a Gen Five in there. I don't remember its name, but I was like, re- you know, looking into an app know, analyses it, it was, of the trailer yeah, for it was, this. It, it was and... a, that fighting one that looks like a yellow little ferret. Thing. Oh yeah, that's not who I'm thinking of. I don't think. Anyway. So there's going to be multiple generations, which is nice that they're bringing them all together. Uh, also, this is where the crazier speculation starts. Genetics. There's got to be some sort of genetics connection here, right? Like the story or something? Because, I mean, it's called X and Y, which are, cro- I mean, which are chromosomes, which are, you know... I mean, this is like no... I mean, knowing, It's either genetics or it's algebra. No, knowing them, they're probably... It's just going to be a story thing. Yeah. Just like um, when Black and White... Yeah, Black and White 2 came out, they're like, oh, wait, what's up with these legendaries? They're a combination of of Kyrim and um, Reshiram, like they're the, those legendary pieces together, like White Kyrim and Black Kyrim, mm-hmm. the covers of Black mm-hmm. and White too. Mm-hmm. But throughout the game, there was never any like, oh, you could fuse other Pokemon. Nope, there was just well, that's yeah. what that's what we're here's where it goes crazy in my speculation. What if you could sort of do that? Because in the Japanese logos, they have uh, nah, double just, helix DNAs. <laughs> these people already DNA have to, like, program and animate like, over seven hundred. But Pokemon. that's the thing: if they animate the pieces, like they animate the arms and they animate the bodies, and you can just plop one arm on another body. I'm not saying this is like I said; it's crazy speculation. I don't think will happen, but realistically, it's probably just plot. Like I said, like it's probably Team Rocket or whatever they are. Now. The Team DNA Intergalactic Universe, Miss Universe is it's, probably you know what, doing something you know what's with probably DNA. Gonna be? They're extracting be... Pokemon DNA to build Pokemon robots so you don't need Pokemon so they can kill Pokemon, control their own army of robots, so then there's no uh, human I mean, rights I mean, issue, or there's no, like, PETA issues like there were in Pokemon Black and White. I mean, even though, like, That's Pokemon DNA is not new to Pokemon because of the whole... Oh, well, yeah, Mew, 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 Mew too. But, um... But it's a big part of this If I had to guess, like, they're probably going to be taking DNA from, I don't know, probably some the legendaries on the, the X and Y legendaries. Yeah. And they probably... So then you're going to fight something that they created, which is probably going to be that third random legendary. Which Z. Which is probably going to be Z, yeah. Z. That makes sense. So, now here comes the super crazy speculation, if that wasn't bad enough. So there's one clip in the trailer. This is so insane. It's not speculation. It's a pipe dream. There's one clip in the trailer where there's a girl following the main character. You're controlling the main character, or it's a cutscene, and the girl's following. No, now, what if... Her. I don't know if you are, because he runs past a trainer and doesn't get stopped to fight. Maybe he already fought him. Maybe, good point. And then forest. So. Well, that would help prove my crazy pipe dream. So what if? What if there was online co-op? What if that girl is another player? Now, this is a pipe dream, but hear me out. I consider it, in my head, a mix of Animal Crossing Wild World. I think it World. could still be possible, but I think that clip wasn't I know, that. I know, but, well, yeah. But because, what if Because was... Pokemon has done that in the other games where someone follows you in the forest. I know, but let me like, have my pipe yeah. dream. So what if there's a mix of Animal Crossing and New Super Mario Brothers 2? What I mean is Animal Crossing, wild world, city folk, you can visit your friend's town. You could, you know, you connect online, you go to their world. And so what if, and Exactly. So what if in this, you could go to your friend's world and venture and quest around with them in that world? 
right? Like Dragon Quest Nine, sort of. But here's where it's like a little new Super Mario Brothers Two as well. In New Super Mario Brothers Two, when you play online co-op, how it works is that you're restricted. <laughs> I mean Wi-Fi. Thank you. When you play local Wi-Fi co-op, it's restricted, so only the lead player is the one controlling the screen space. That's why in the trailer, for example, she's stuck following him so closely. So hear me out. Hear me out. How it would work is you get to go to a friend's world, and you get this is not ever going to happen. If it happens, I'm like a Notre Dame of Nintendo, because there's no way this is happening. But you follow the friend, you follow the friend, and then a wild Pokemon. So if you're a Notre Dame friend, you have to be sure it's happening. Nintradamus. I'd be Nintradamus. That's why I said if it happens, I'm like the un. Oh, fine. I like an unaware. No, it's happening. I don't think it's happening. That's the thing. It's too absurd. But anyway, so how it would work is, if you're running around and someone's following you, whenever you fight. It'd be a team battle. So if a wild Pokemon appears, it's a pair of them. If a trainer appears, they're all team battles. So then you get to equally participate. And you get can take the experience you earn when playing with your friend and take it back to your game. Now the one reason, the one reason I think this could potentially maybe be true is because after the trailer came out, a Pokemon company in Japan issued a press release about the announcement. And in that press release were a couple of very small hints and nuggets of information that weren't released in, North, in the West. That information included what they called real play, but they didn't say what that was. And then they had a second bullet point where they said that the game will include what they said was, quote, an innovative communication system that makes it feel as if you're playing with other players around the world. So real play, hypothetically, could be this. Hmm. And it's the like innovative communication to their... Yeah. What they do to, the, the, to the little, they had like the special... Dungeons, basically. No, you could no, build. no, no, not that. Remember, you could build a Pokemon base in the old ones, and your friends could visit it. Oh, that. Maybe no, like an evolution of that. Oh no, it? I was talking about. Well, I mean, after that, in the like Diamond and Pearl and all those games, they started doing the Raven and Ruby and Sapphire. Um, I don't know what you had to do, but I remember if you all your friends on your friends list in Pokemon, they started appearing or they showing are, up in the game. They are referenced about all over the game. Like if you go to the TV, like right. oh, this person just got this many berries. Well, yeah, I think I think what I think that's actually exactly what they're talking about with this innovative communication. I think real play, which they didn't define, like that could be yeah, real play. Real play, if it is, if it was translated correctly. Hopefully, that's my crazy pipe dream. This innovative communication thing, I think it's gonna be that on steroids. I think they're gonna use street pass and spot pass and all these other ways where basically real trainers from other people's games, like those people. Their and data their is put party? in your game, and their party is put in your game, and basically the NPCs are based on the win-loss records and the po- parties and the stats of other trainers from around the world. So you're not just fighting Trainer like Joey, another- you're fighting Trainer Joey, who happens to be a real dude in Australia. And that's why they're doing the World Rider release, because it's like the next step of Pokemon Global Link, or whatever it's called. So like the, so like the Battle Tower Online, where you could download like other people's teams and just like battle them back-to-back. It'd be that, not, but the whole except, game. Except they're not stuck in a tower? It'd be the whole game. There would be if you don't connect to the internet, you have the normal NPCs. If you do connect to the internet, if you have Spot Pass on, Damn. they would download data. So it's like you're playing an MMO, but you're still having your own isolated adventure with your own storyline that doesn't get interrupted by people pillaging the Poké Center or whatever. Man, I, I, I could see that getting abused later in the sense that like people oh, would just people. Like, create like really overpowered teams and it would be really hard for people. Well, I'm sure Nintendo would have filters. I'm sure like they'd have. Within this range of stats for this part of the game, within this, because I'm my hypothetical dream here. That's separate once again from the live co-op, which is I think what real play is. My hypothetical dream here is that these would filter in to the not the pre-existing NPC trainers you fight, you know, the computer trainers. Yeah. So like if you're at the beginning of the game in the Pallet Town equivalent, it would filter in people whose parties are under level ten, who only have two or three Pokemon, whose stats are only maxed out at this, this, and this. 
So it'd be still controlled by Nintendo, but you'd be thinking, hey, someone actually built this team. Like, these are based on some actual dude in, like, Venezuela or something. Hmm. That could be cool. And here's the thing. In I mean, they said you know, they have communication system, blah, blah, blah. But then Iwata also said during the Pokemon Direct that they're going to use all the features of the 3DS in innovative ways. Like, all the communication features, which goes hand-in-hand hand with this. So they've got to be doing something with Spot Pass, and I'd like to think this is it. So just Spot Pass? And, and probably pass? Street Pass. Essentially? If I had to guess. That's what I'm hoping. I think that'd be super cool, and that'd be a natural evolution of what they already do. Just pipe dream. That would be cool. But, uh, Two other things they mentioned in that press release, by the way, is they're promising at least 50, not 150, new Pokemon. At least? At least 50, which would mean the total's at least 700 now, which is insane. And they also said that, um, I'm not sure what this means, but the bond between players and Pokemon will deepen, and Pokemon will become stronger with the new battle structure. So either they're removing the level 100 cap, or what I think it might actually mean is... It's merely training your Pokemon might not be enough. You might have to actually use them frequently to keep them, like, beefed up. Like, they might want you to actually have, like, a relationship with the Pokemon. Like, there might be some sort of relationship system thrown in as well. Because well, they've done that before. It's like the Pokemon likes you. It doesn't like you. But maybe they're going to, like, well, ramp that up. Like, what they've had in the recent games, they have, like, a Pokemon's happiness. And, like, if you keep it in your party, its happiness level goes up. Right, no, I'm guessing they're going to ramp that up. And there's certain moves that, like, well, there's two moves. Right, if there's only two, they're going to ramp it up. I mean, the way they're... They said in the trailer, too, they had this random sentence where it's like, the more you battle with your Pokemon, the deeper the bond will be. And it's just like, okay, that's a really random sentence. It's like Pokemon, you know, now in 3D, the more you battle, the deeper the bond. And it's like, all right, that's great. I think that's why they said... They have an official Nuzlocke mode off in the name. A what? An official Nuzlocke mode. What's Nuzlocke? It's some, like, made-up thing people on the internet created. Like, oh, if you want a, a challenge to your Pokemon game, every time your Pokemon faints, you release it. And you only have to capture <laughs> the first Pokemon you see in the area. So it's like, that's actually kind of cool. And some, pretty, sounds pretty hard. Yeah, it does. Especially if you're stuck with, like, bad Pokemon. <laughs> but, yeah, so overall, um, that is Pokemon X and Y. That's what we know thus far. And I think we talked about, you know, back in that episode, Pokemon Sprawls, we talked about how the series was getting kind of stale. Honestly, I think just the 3D revamp and the potential of all these connection possibilities, I think, are enough to get me back into it. Because honestly, the last, like, yes, Black and White looked a little better than Ruby, Sapphire, Heart Gold, Heart Silver. But all of those as a whole were really, like, kind of the same thing. But this, like, feel, just watching it, it feels different. This is the game that, like, you expect, we expected, like, ten years ago. So I'm hoping this is going to be the thing that re-hooks me. The first time I saw the trailer, I was instantly sold, but then I watched it again and I had to bring myself back down. See, I was the opposite. When I first watched if, the trailer... If it's, if, it's the, if it's just the visuals... I mean, if it's not changed enough... I, what they keep I'll hyping... I'll probably still buy it, uh, but just because I feel like I have to. They keep, <laughs> they but, keep uh, hyping but, but, the communication know. features, which is what I'm know, really like, hopeful. I, I, I'm hope, that's, I'm really, that's, not, that's the thing that I'm just hoping it's really different. Because, I mean, I don't know. Just, I, the, just the visual change alone is... Yeah. Gonna, is gonna knowing be Nintendo and knowing these Nintendo... It makes me want to just wait for the third version, which... Which would be oh, like, two, has, like a year later. Or it might be in the sequel. It might be XX and XY. Female and male edition. Or it yeah. might be XA and YB, which would be the buttons on the 3DS. The four face buttons. Anyway, um, point being... Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> this might be... I think this is the thing that might hook it. If they do enough to communicate communication stuff. And knowing Nintendo, these Nintendo Directs, they trickle out information. If they did a Pokemon Direct 10 months in advance, I imagine they're going to have a couple more dedicated to this, and they're going to flesh out a lot more features. It's going to be like the Wii U launch, where it's like, we didn't even know how Miiverse worked until two weeks before it came out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they follow a similar path of, of like, slow and steady news with Pokemon. So I'm sure we'll be hearing yeah. a lot more 
Chris and Sando not sending us how their products work yeah. until, like, until, like, the, the day before. But, yeah, uh, I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot, lot, lot more about Pokemon X and Y between now and its release worldwide, a first word series, in October 2013. And, of I mean, course, we'll be... You're getting it, and so then my friends are getting it. I'm getting it. And, of course, and, and I'm getting X. I don't think we ever answered that question. You said 10 minutes ago. Or was you it, said was, in 10 was, minutes. Was it it's been like 20. Was it worth I think it was. Leave us a comment <laughs> at randomtown.com and let us know. Was it worth the wait? You can just write yes or no. No one will know what you're talking about except us, but that's okay. Why? There'll just be like a whole string of like, yes, no, yes, no, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. And then some random person will just be like, pizza. It'll happen. I hope. But, um, well, I guess I'll one... get Y. Just why not? See, I want X because that awesome Steve guy with the sword legs. You a Pokemon with legs for feet? I mean, wait. <laughs> sword <laughs> legs for feet. A Pokemon. A, po- a Pokemon with swords for feet. You can't top that. But one thing I did want well, to mention before I move on to and other news. Just imagine the animation for when he does sword dance. Oh man, it'd be river dancing. It's gonna go all <laughs> Irish on us. But um, yeah, I'll just get my sword just so we don't get the same one. Sounds good. But one we thing could I trades the Pokemon. And we could trade the Pokemans. Yeah, the ones you don't have and whatnot. Assuming I beat it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no one. I'll, I'll make you at least beat the other. I, I don't know how. Have you? Oh yes, you. I beat I'll... silver and no, 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 blue or red. I'll, I'll ask you this a little later in the podcast when it becomes more relevant. But still, I will try to make sure you beat this game somehow. Okay. Um, before I get to that, real quick, one thought about the worldwide launch. So Nintendo keeps saying, oh, it's for the fans, you know, like, the great thing about the worldwide launch is everyone gets it at once, the community grows at once, because, you know, it kind of, it did kind of suck that, like, black and white, we were na- nicknaming Pokemon Smugleaf, like, Snivy was Smugleaf, because no one knew what to call yeah, it for six I months. remember, um, in the high school days when Diamond and Pearl was coming out, I already had picked up my whole team. Before like, you even had the game. game. Yeah, exactly. And then I remember we were finally like, like, oh, I already called them Weavile. And they're like, no, it's fine. I guess I'll get Garchomp. Or... Yeah, it's like, it was kind of silly. People are going to call me Garchamp. It's kind of silly that in the age of the internet, Garchamp. It's kind of silly <laughs> that in the age of the internet, like, Nintendo staggered them so much. I mean, they're doing it right now with Animal Crossing, but obviously, it's a different yet. situation. But I think, honestly. I mean, they go 40 minutes of footage and you just like, don't want to watch it. Exactly. Like, I want to know. Yeah. I like, think. The Ace Attorney thing. Oh. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, for. For X and Y, though, the reason they're releasing it worldwide is not so much to please the fans as much as we might like it. But honestly, I feel like it's a financial reason. Because here's the thing. The 3DS is selling gangbusters in Japan. It's doing great in Japan. It has a crazy lineup right now. It has Animal Crossing New Day, or New, New Leaf, which is like the best-selling Animal Crossing ever. It has uh, Monster Hunter 4 coming out, a Dragon Quest Seven remake coming out, and a ton of other stuff, plus Pokemon. So it's going steady, its sales. But in the West, Nintendo has said before the 3DS isn't doing as well as it hoped. So what better way to spur sales than Pokemon? When the DS outsold the 3DS back in uh, November or October, whenever we talked about it on the show, it was Pokemon that did it. I think it was, I think it was November. I think it was around Black Friday. It's Pokemon that did because so there's like a must-have. I think this might be desperate, Nintendo. I think this is them going, we need a guarantee that we're going to have very strong 3DS system sales for next Christmas. Well, and there's no better way to, to do it than having Pokemon exactly out. What they've always exactly. Because I think... What Pokemon Black and White should have been from the very beginning, essentially. Yeah, because I think... Uh, I honestly think what happened is this game was going to come out in October in Japan regardless. And Nintendo was probably... Because, you know, they have a no, calendar. should have been. Black and White should have been the full 3D game. That way, by the time X and Y came yep. out, it would have been even more refining because yep. it would have been better and everything. Yep. But I think but that... No. I think that... What was I going to say? Yeah, I think that this was going to come out in Japan in October regardless. And Nintendo was going to stagger it and do a March launch. Which matches how they did it for like Ruby and Sapphire and the original Black and White. They did October Japan, March US. But I think, I really do think that they're like, uh, we need sales next holiday. So they just kind of, you know, big 
convinced everyone to work a little faster. Um, that's their big game. So what else do you think is going to come out around here then? I'm I have no idea. Where, where are Animal we Crossing don't know. Out? Animal Crossing is supposed to be out before summer. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon is supposed to be out in the spring at the latest. Brain Age? Brain Age comes out February 10th. And one game that comes out, well, Nintendo's next big 3D, like, that's all we really know right now. Mm-hmm. The one game the one game we didn't mention that we know about is Fire Emblem Awakening, which comes out February 4th. Oh, I forgot about that game. And an excellent natural transition, I just ruined by saying it's an excellent natural transition, Nintendo just revealed actually some new information on Fire Emblem Awakening this past week. So we already knew, basically, that the game was a prequel on the 3DS to the original Fire Emblem. Like I said, it's coming wait, wait, February 4th. To... The original Fire Emblem for NES. Oh. That's what's called Awakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I had it like brain yeah. farted, I guess. Yeah, but uh, That's it's... That's the Game Boy Advance one was the original one. Then. In America, it was. America did not have a single Fire Emblem game until Game Boy Advance. Oh, when Japan right, has been running right, since 87. Right. Yeah, I remember, yeah. The DS release of the original was a big deal. Huh? You mean the Game Boy Advance release? Of DS. The, 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 the NES, didn't the NES one come out on the DS? On did the 3DS. It? Wait, is this the remake of the original? I thought this was a prequel to that one. Either no, way, no, no, no. The, the, they the, didn't make a re- did they make a remake? They, Sacred Sword, yeah, on Game Boy Advance they, they, was the original. Yes. No. They, yes. They remade the one on the that was on the NES recently. I think it was Sacred the, Sword in the, in the last few years. I think it was Sacred the Sword, and it was like I remember like oh, it was the one where you control Mars the whole time essentially. I think that's Sacred Sword. I'm checking. I'm checking. Everyone, wait with bated breath, or I talk amongst don't yourselves. Remember. Wait with bated breath, people. Unfortunate or, truth is that I never really had a chance to get into the. Fire I'm Emblem pretty series. sure it was the Sacred Swords. I'm checking right now. I'm thankful for the Shadow Dragon. It was Shadow Shadow Dragon. And that was for DS, right? Wait, it was another remake. Hold on. What? Yes, it was for DS. It was Shadow Dragon. Yeah, see, that's the so it's a prequel. To You're right. Game. It was the DS. Yeah, basically. Okay. Either way, so this game is a prequel. It's a strategy RPG like its brethren, including Shadow Dragon slash original slash. We probably oh. screwed up. If anyone knows the real Fire Emblem timeline, please do us a favor, post a comment on the site and let us know, because we're, honestly, we're a bit clueless about the plot line of Fire Emblem. All I know is Marth and Ike, basically, and Roy. Yeah. And Roy. And Roy. And that's Smash Bros. But yep. in this game, you don't play as any of them. If Smash Bros. didn't tell us, we don't know. Yeah. In, or from what little I've played of the Ambassador game. Yeah, I haven't touched it. Stone? Yeah, that was Sacred Sword. Sacred Stone? Or Sword? Fire Emblem, yeah. the sacred dot, dot, dot. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, horrible. We're really bad at Fire Emblem. Anyway, point being, this one I'm actually going to, if the demo's good, they're releasing a demo, uh, I'm actually going to probably pick it up. But That wouldn't make sense. Why would you get it if it sucks? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this one you don't play as Roy, Marth, Ike, or any of those people. You actually are a custom character who's in charge of protecting the kingdom from bandits. That's the core, like the super basic plot. Obviously it has twists and turns and crazy good 3D animated cutscenes. Yeah, exactly. The game starts off, oh, I'm saving the world from bandits. And then, of course, the bandits are like... <laughs> and then later it changes We'll put the it this world. way. Randomly, Marth is in it in a mask. Or so we think. Or so we think. Well, Nintendo's confirmed it's Marth. No, because uh, it, it's just a, someone who claims it's Marth. Oh, well, it's Marth, I'm sure. Or it's not. Or it, and your custom character... Maybe Marth... Ca- your custom maybe Marth character... Is, maybe Marth was your custom character, someone... Your custom character is Marth. Marth. Your custom character is Marth. However you shape Marth, all the Smash Bros. games will retroactively change to display your Marth. That's what will happen. It's like Back to the Future stuff. It'll change the future. The past. That was a good movie, by the way. It was. Um, anyway, so what we know is more mechanical stuff about Fire Emblem than plot, because clearly we know nothing about the plot. Yeah. But uh, So Nintendo released really just how it uses the 3DS's 
features in unique ways. What yeah, makes like it? You what makes it a three DS game? It goes into a little cool cutscene, just like. Oh no, I, I don't even mean like that. I mean like core like functionality. Actually, I noticed it went back to the sprite overworld, real-time strategy thingy. Of course. The battle. Well, yeah, because um. Yeah, because it's a hand. Yeah, the only one that didn't was well, the like, GameCube one. Well, I know that's it. Like I figured, like oh, it's a three DS. It might have like something similar to the GameCube. No, but they have really nice three D hand yeah. animated. I think. Or hand CG. They have 3D fully animated, not hand. Fully animated well, cutscenes. Well, the CG still has to be animated by hand. Well, you know what I mean. They have full 3D CG cutscenes. They have full voice acting. Much to people's disbelief, the computer doesn't do all the work. Oh, we're talking about CG or the game? CG. Oh. <laughs> yeah, someone has to tell the computer what to do. Yeah. Yeah, and use a Wacom tablet and pen to draw it. Yes. Anyway, so here's what's new in Fire Emblem Awakening. That's the longest setup ever for something on our show. Uh, so <laughs> we don't know much about uh, well, we don't know the plot, clearly. Yeah. But what we do know is it'll have downloadable content. For example, how it's going to work is starting on launch day, there's going to be downloadable maps available for Fire Emblem Awakening day one that DLC? will offer... Yeah. On this DLC? No. It'll offer new scenarios, expanded storylines, uh, there'll be new class types, you can get new skills, there'll be new playable characters. This is how it was in Japan. The, system, the game launched and then they released DLC following the game. When it came out in Japan last year... The DLC was actually released after the game. Like, it was built after the game. But because it took a year for them to bring it to the States, the DLC is ready to go, but they still feel the game itself is the $40, va- $40 value and the DLC should be separate. Which, I mean, that's not like on this DLC, I don't think, because you're still literally getting a full game. And not only that, but like in Japan, the very first downloadable map will be free if you buy it within... If you download... Will be free from launch day till a certain undisclosed date. So you have... If, you, if you're an early adopter of the game... You will get the D- you will get one DLC map for free. That was kind of cool. That's how it was. I mean, I remember when we were talking about the free Coin Rush pack in New Super Mario Brothers Two a couple weeks ago, and I was saying that's like really rewarding the early adopters because they released it before the Christmas rush. It was like anyone who got Mario within the first couple months got this, but anyone else would have to pay for it. So it's nice they reward the early adopters. They're doing it again with this. The first map being free. They're rewarding the fans that are picking Nintendo it up. Nintendo is doing pretty good with their DLC. Yeah, uh, they didn't announce prices though, for the ones that cost money, but they said there'll be a variety of prices, depending on what you're buying, I guess. Oh, uh, and the DLC only can be accessed after you beat the f- fifth mission in the game. You get a special gate you can go to in the world map, and then you, you well, go into well, the gate, and you enter the world of the internet, and there's wires everywhere. Well, I mean, like they mentioned that, um, you go down a series of tubes. DLCs, though. Yeah, exactly. But I imagine you go down, your character, you your cu- custom character starts going down a series. You know those giant twisty slides at water park? That's what happens. So you enter this map, this map location, and you go down first person down this tube in 3D, and then you're in the internets. Plural. That's not what happens. All eight of them? All eight. All eight. There's like, there's really like 16 internets. Oh. I just made up a number like you did. You doubled it. I did. So, I, I more than one up to you. I ate up. I two-timed uh. you. Uh, so, separate from the pay DLC... God, that was awful. Separate was with me today. Anyway, separate from the paid DLC will also be free DLC. Here's where things get confusing. So there's a free map you can get first, and there's paid maps and paid scenarios and paid storylines you can you can get. Nintendo's also using Spot Pass, which is you know the push content to you thing on the 3DS, for new storylines, characters, items, and maps. So they're going to be doing like a two prong attack. You can get some free ones, or you could pay for some really more in depth ones. I'd imagine. I guess the free ones might be like a taste of what. Oh, the free the ones are probably going to be the ones. So you, if you like, my guess is they're going to be separate. But my guess is they'll be separate. But I have a feeling that's going to be one of those things where it's like, here's a five minute scenario for free. Here's a two hour one for two bucks. So it'll whet your appetite to. Two bucks. 
I don't know. I'm just making the price. price. No, it's probably gonna be like three or four. It's probably gonna be three or four. Um, so that's how they're doing DLC in Fire Emblem. This is the first Fire. This was actually in Japan. Actually, generally speaking, this was the first Nintendo game to offer DLC. In Japan, it came out before Mario. So just a little tidbit. Uh, they're also going to be doing Street Pass, naturally, because it's the 3DS. And how they do Street Pass is actually really neat. So you can have a Street Pass team. So it's a group of 10 characters. Street Fighter 4 3D Edition? No. How about Super Street Fighter 4 3D Edition? No, not quite. It's not meaningless like that. It doesn't just give you a figurine. This actually affects the game itself. Which oh, is yeah, really with cool. the Pokemon-style battle kind of thing. Yeah, no, but this is different because you get to... Slightly act. less meaningless. <laughs> yeah, but all you got was a trophy, right? Yeah. Yeah, you get real content with these. So how the Street Pass team works? Whoa, whoa, man! It's legit a, content. The trophy is a content collectible. Hey, fine, let me rephrase. You get content that will affect sort. the rest of the game for you. You'll get items. You'll get weapons. You'll get characters to join your team from these Street Pass teams. Ooh. Here's how it works: You're gonna have a, a team that's made up of ten different units, you know, soldiers, whatever, from uh, pre-exist, pre-existing teams you come across in story mode. So you make the you make your team based on these pre-existing teams. You pick and choose who you want. And then your and then uh, players basically are free to edit the names of their teams and add a custom message and really turn it into their own little team of ten. When they do that and they pass them on the street, these teams will obviously swap. Then when you're playing single player and you're on the world map, these teams, these street pass teams, will kind of randomly pop up on the map. If you encounter them, you can either bribe the team leader to recruit members by paying off the guy with gold. You can buy items or weapons from the team. Or you can battle the team, and if you win, you basically force them to be recruited into your team. Nice. So these actually shape how you will progress through the game, because they're access to extra items you might nor- not normally so get, extra units essentially? you might normally... What? So you could like, make them your prisoners, essentially? Essentially. But either way, it's cool, because it really sh- it's not just like a fun little side thing. This can affect the main story. And on top of all that, just because everyone loves high, loves comparing. That's true. Stuff. Fire Emblem was known for like killing off characters if they get died. Yeah, and they still do. So, so they if still you have a bunch this. of extra yep. people you don't really care about. Yep, and not only that, but you might come across a really rare character, hypothetically, I'd imagine. Like, who knows? That's kind of the beauty of it. And on top of that, since everyone likes comparing scores when they street pass, I'm sure, uh, you also have a renowned score, which is your, I think, win-loss record, and that will be street pass as well. So you can kind of see how other people are at Fire Emblem. You know, if you see someone with a high score, you know their team's probably a good team that they put together versus someone with a low score, like me, who would probably have a crappy team. Just saying. Don't street pass me. <laughs> if you see me, run. <laughs> run for your life. But yeah, the last bit of information about Fire Emblem, we kind of said already, but there's a demo coming. First Nintendo first-party game demo ever. Yes. Yeah. Downloadable demo. They have them in stores, obviously. Uh, it'll be out next Thursday, January 17th. And in addition to that, Nintendo's really upping the marketing for this game. So they have the demo, which is the first. And they're also releasing another rarity, which is a special Fire Emblem 3DS bundle here in the States. They, oh, yeah, uh, I saw this. Not an XL. I was surprised. No. Well, it's exactly what it was in Japan, which was pre-XL. So what you get is you get the game pre-installed on a custom blue 3DS that has some pretty cool like medieval-esque Fire Emblem engravings on the lid. Hmm. And it's a different shade of blue than like the aqua blue that they launched with. It's a darker, more richer, more bluey blue. So, there's that. Which is weird because Nintendo doesn't usually do hardware bundles like that for a new release. For a new new release. Well, didn't they do it for Ocarina of Time? Did they? I mean, there's that Zelda 3DS. But that, that didn't come out with the launch of it, did it? I thought that came out... Wait, not in America. Wait, what? Yeah, it came out in the US. It was black and it has a... Oh, yeah, but that was the holidays, wasn't it? That wasn't... Yeah, that was like Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas. 
That wasn't. I don't think that was at launch. This is unusual. I mean, it's cool they're doing it, and it really shows they're putting some more marketing muscle behind it. But yeah, but you're right. It's not an XL, which for me, having the XL, I can't go back to those tiny 3DSs. They feel really small. Like yours right now, which I'm holding, feels you're always off the ground. Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It feels so small. So oh, it has sound on. Hold on. It, 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 no, the, it, mine's lighter. This has more heft, but it's like tiny. Like the screens look tiny. So that's beside the point. So that's Fire Emblem, and that's coming out once again February 4th. That's literally three weeks from now. And of course, we're going to have impressions of the demo on our next episode, which is in two weeks. Or you can check it out for yourself on January 17th on the 3DS eShop. So those are some upcoming 3DS games. we got the near future with Fire Emblem and the very far away with Pokemon X and Y. But let's turn our attention for a little bit to the Wii U. Yay, Wii Actually, pretty much the rest of the episode, our attention is turned to the Wii U. Um, give the Wii U some more attention. We do. It's Nintendo's big home console, and we haven't talked about it, and it's been a long time already. <laughs> it's been over 45 minutes. Yeah, I haven't actually really, like, really played it in the last week. I've just been checking Miiverse, which I guess is cool. I've been using it for even just YouTube. Yeah. It's better than my computer. Well, it's plugged into a 40-something-inch TV. That's why. No, like, as in loading-wise. Oh. Oh. Huh. I guess it's I, elevated. I don't know. Like, I've noticed that consoles... Well, I don't know. It's definitely, well, they have an optimized experience, first of all. Yeah, I mean, it's probably also just my internet, but like, usually my consoles always load internet and streaming anything a lot better than the computer. Right. Hmm. Strange. Hmm. But back to not, not Jose's personal situation with his Wii U. Uh... So there's a lot of random third-party news, so I figured it, a rapid-fire Wii U third-party news roundup is in order. So if we had a sound effect, this would be a time to use it, but we don't, so I'll just go... Yeah, Jose will just do one lone clap. That's what it'll be. All right, so let's just go down the list. we got stuff that's confirmed to be coming. There's we got stuff that's confirmed never to show up on the Wii U, and we've got some stuff that... Some new info and stuff we already know about. So first, Capcom. They're bringing Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate to the Wii U in March, as we already know. That's yeah, actually going to be... Monster Hunter 3. Yeah, it's the Cap third one. Well, it's Capcom, Street Fighter. It's their new Street Fighter, I guess. Yeah. But here's the thing. Because your exact complaint, what I was going to say, is it's annoying because it's like a port, right? After, especially after the fact that they announced uh, Monster Hunter 4. Well, that's for 3DS, though. I know, yeah, but yeah. still. I mean, so here's how it's going to work. Still. Well, here's how it's going to work. They're not going to do that anymore. What, we, what Capcom has now said is they won't be porting already released games. They won't be doing what they call late ports to the Wii U. Uh, responding to a forum poster over at Capcom Unity, Capcom's uh, senior VP, Christian Svensson, he, uh, they were asking what's the chance of the Resident Evil 6 coming to Wii U, and he literally said, uh, looking forward, not back. So late, point, late ports are definitely not on the table. So that means no Resident Evil 6, that means no, I don't know, probably no Devil May Cry, because that's already going to be out, no Street Fighter 4. But honestly, this is how it should be. No Devil May Cry collection. No Democrat collection, but in my opinion, this is, he said that you know, it's a, generally, and yes, you emphasize, are generally not on the table. So there might be collections. Yeah, because I feel like HD collections of old games never really and, yeah. miss a, a window. Yeah, but maybe like Resident Evil Six and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this is really how it should be because the Wii U. Considering it didn't even have four, five, I mean five and six, so yeah, not like they're missing much. Well, yeah. Six or eh, whatever. Well, before. no, there's <laughs> four on the Wii. No, well, I mean that's why I said five and six. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, it, like I said. Twice. This is this is how it should be, in my opinion, because, I mean, the Wii U, you know, it's a new system. I yeah, that's what everyone else is really doing, and not just not putting I know, And not just putting Because, I mean, these games have been in development for a long time already. Yeah, I mean, that's why when I, I said mean, there's some games that we... We've been about Tomb Raider and Bioshock Infinite since, like, forever. Yeah. 
Yeah, but and I mean, we'll get to a few games that aren't coming to Wii U, like straight out aren't coming to Wii U, and I have a feeling it's similar. Well, it's actually different. Is it reasons, remember me coming to Wii U? Not announced. Oh, not okay. confirmed. We don't know yet. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's still hope. Watch Dogs is what I'm more interested in than Remember Me. Is that what they call Watch Dogs? The Ubisoft like sci-fi futuristic thriller thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the one where you're basically the one where you're watching, Jason, but you know how to fight. You're Jason, but you know how to fight. Yeah, because you always kill yourself when around me. He's not. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm me, but a badass. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if, uh, badass. if I was a badass in the future with a trench coat. So anyway, what I was trying to say though is I really do think that the Wii U, like this makes sense that no one's backporting because the Wii U, you know, it's a new system. It should offer new experiences as a new controller, new input method. Sure, it would give off so, a different kind of impression to people. Yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, we didn't get Resident Evil 6 because in my case I didn't own a PS3 or a 360. But it doesn't necessarily mean that Capcom should be investing its assets and time and effort into porting over what will, at that point, be at least a year or two old. They might as well make brand new stuff with that same money. Like, I, I know ports are cheaper than new games, but they can invest what would be two ports of games that won't sell very well because they've been out for two years into one really solid brand new experience. So I'm, I'm cool with them not wanting to do ports. Yeah, as long as it means actually getting games on it. Yeah. Well, I'm not so cool with, on the other hand is uh, games that won't we definitely won't be getting, specifically the reasoning. So Crisis 3 is officially, definitely not coming to the Wii U. And in an interview, the uh, developer and CEO of, a developer from and the CEO of Crytek, who's the team that makes uh, Crisis 3, he said that it's not coming to the Wii U because EA, Nintendo, and Crytek all had talks, but there, was, there wasn't enough, quote, business drive to make it worthwhile for them. How does that make you feel? Well, I'm about to tell you. Alright. Dramatic pause. So yeah, I'm not too pleased about this. Uh, he's, I mean, he said he'd love for it to be published, but since Crytek can't self-publish and EA doesn't want to for business reasons, it's, you know, it's not an option. It's not going to happen. It's not yeah. like another publisher could I step, guess again, it's not like we played Crisis 1 and 2. But still, it's supposed to be a really good cheer. And I mean, to answer your question of how does this make me feel, well, in my opinion, Jose, it's rather unfortunate. Because, because well, like, um, from what little I've played and from what I've read about it, I heard it's actually like a good shooter. No, like a just a generic oh, okay really? shooter. It's the only thing. I think I'm more impressed with the graphic well, technology well, than well, the well, gameplay. Well, 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 that's the thing. That's all Crisis were ever really uh, like known for, just like being benchmarks on PC. Well, I mean, well, there are two upsides. Like, oh, if you could run Crisis, you have a good system, kind of thing. Right. Well, hey, the upside is the cry. The cry. Want a good shooter? Be disappointed we're not getting the Bioshock collection. Yeah. The upside, though, if it's I'm all about, shocked. if it's all a, wow. Bio. <laughs> I'm shocked, bio. It's all. Ah, uh, damn, I should have just said I'm bio-shocked. Yeah, you really should have. Uh, Two. The, <laughs> infinite. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the upside. Big daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, awesome. the, the upside, if you're right, that's all about the engine then. The upside is, uh, the CEO did confirm that there is a Wii U game coming from a, quote, respected developer that will be using the CryEngine 3, which is what powers Crytek. Respected doesn't necessarily mean like. You can respect someone you hate. True. But I'm hoping it's good. <laughs> and I, it hasn't been announced whatever it is, but I'm hoping it's something cool. Yeah, but yeah, I know, like, they're gonna tell us that and it's bad. Either way, regardless of how good or bad the game would have been, it would have filled a hole in the Wii U lineup. It wouldn't have been horrible, just, you know, even if it's a generic shooter, it would have filled a hole in the Wii U lineup. And, and and can Nintendo really not get EA for a business reason to not do it? Microsoft and Sony seem to have no problem convincing companies. More money exactly. Co-publisher. Probably, I don't know. That's probably what it means. They probably didn't want to pay. EA didn't want to pay. Didn't think it was worth the investment. And Nintendo didn't want to foot the bill. That's what it was. Probably. No, it definitely was. Another game we're not getting, but this one we have no idea why, is Castlevania Lore Shadows 2. 
on Twitter. But we didn't even confirm anybody's trying to perform. Right, but here's what here's what's weird about it. So on Twitter, uh, producer David Cox. All these people. Right, but hold on. <laughs> on Twitter, producer David Cox said that there was no chance it would hit the Wii U, and here's why this one strikes me as weird. Because honestly, the game, you know, it's not as good as two D in any way, from what I've heard. But we're getting the prequel to both games as a 3DS exclusive. Actually, Castlevania, Lord Shadow, Mirror of Maybe because they're Fate. waiting for the... Or wait, no, it's not the prequel collection. of both. <laughs> no, actually, I take that back. It's not the prequel to both. It's the bridge between one and two. In other words, it's the prequel to two. So if the Nintendo fans are getting the prequel to a game they will never get, what's the point of having the prequel? Just release two, and we can have both, and our money no, can be... Fair, that means the PS3 people and the Xbox could play part one. And then part, part two. Get, get, the, get, the, get the prequel to part two, and then play part two. It's almost as bad as the Mass Effect 3 thing, like, of getting part 3 and not getting and then part trilogy. 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, they released Trilogy know, two weeks later. And I thought the Trilogy the other Or day. earlier, two weeks earlier, before yeah. Mass Effect 3. Oh, that better than I thought. I'm like, man, like, if, if this was on the Wii U, I definitely would have bought it. And I would have. The Trilogy's a really good deal. You get three yeah, super long, mean, awesome action And it makes perfect sense, like, why just give us part 3? It's, it's, yeah. Honestly, looking at it, it just seems to be stupid. You know what EA's gonna do? They're gonna come out in, like, three or four months and just be like... You know, our games didn't sell that well. I mean, our Madden, that was missing features, and our Mass Effect, that was only the third one. I wonder why. <laughs> they just didn't sell well. So you know what? We're Unfortunately, we're going to have to scale back our Wii U support. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And they're going to either on purpose, this is crazy conspiracy theory, either on purpose they're doing it so they can get out of the Wii U without making it look bad to investors, because it's like, why aren't you supporting the successor of the most popular system of the generation? Or, or they're just incompetent. I don't know which. I want to say... I'm thinking incompetent. I want to say incompetent. Yeah. but Although your other one does sound... It's such a conspiracy theorist thing, though. Like, the <laughs> yeah. likelihood that they're like, how can we trick investors into not caring that we're not supporting Nintendo's new system? Hmm. Let's release crap reports. Especially ports. because it only makes... I mean, business-wise, I mean, if they support it, in theory, they could just make content that makes yeah. money. Yeah, which is why I think it's too much a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. With that said, so those are two games we're not getting. However, there are two new games we are getting. <gasps> Cue applause. They're awesome. Cue applause. Nope, no pause. Oh, oh, Wait, one. No, a pause doesn't make sense. We need a drum roll. No, I'm saying that we are getting games. Yay. Oh, I we were like, like <laughs> I oh. sound so enthusiastic. We're getting Wii U games. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the first game, and trust me, these are must-haves. Not really. The first one is The Walking Dead. No, no, not the Telltale Game of the Year winner from Spike VGAs, among other awards, Walking Dead. I'm talking about the... Based on the movie, not the gra- or sorry, based on the AMC TV show, not the graphic novel, published by Activision, developed by the guys that could connect Star Wars, oh, Walking Dead. That's a, yeah. yeah. To their credit, they also did Ghostbusters, the game, which got decent reviews. But the game, which that's is fully titled Walking Dead Survivor in Survival Instinct, is uh from Activision. It's being developed by. So we're gonna get another. Being, it's being developed by Terminal Reality after the High Moon team. The guys that do Transformers oh. turned it down, so it could have been super good. Because aren't the Transformers games considered good? The new ones, uh, oh. Fall of Cybertron, Rise of Cybertron. The first one, Warfare, staying steady, not moving. The, Cybertron. The first one, Warfare Cybertron, was kind of mixed. It was like repetitive and stuff. It was good, it had potential, but then part two, it's like High Moon really like. Got See, they were doing that instead of this. I don't know. It's just the amount of improvement. Wait, wait. We, need, we need more developers like that. See, they could have been doing this and that'd be cool. But what it is, it's a first-person shooter. They're also working on Deadpool, aren't they? So. Oh, that's what they turned down. Right. They turned down Walking that... Dead to do Deadpool. That's what it was. That's not... wasn't even announced for Wii U either. It wasn't not yet. Wii U it wasn't announced for platforms at all, I don't think. I think they just said next-gen systems. So, you know, PS3, 360 is what you're seeing. Maybe I'm wrong. 
But anyway, let's talk Walking Dead because we know it's coming to the Wii U. And I did not say any G's in that sentence, which is really strange. Walking Dead coming <laughs> to the Wii U. Uh, so it's a prequel to the TV show. Nothing it's a mix of. On arrival. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could turn out to be a pleasant surprise. Who knows? But it's um, a mix of first person shooter. So you have your typical shooting, your typical running and killing zombies, mixed with survival in the sense that you have resource management. You have to keep tabs like on your zombie food. You. Kind of. You're going to have to keep tabs on ammunition. Ammunition. Thank you. Ammunition. Ammo. <laughs> ammo. Food. Medicine. All that stuff. 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 While also dealing with the zombies. I was reading a preview and they literally said there's some parts that kind of remind them of Oregon Trail. In terms of how you have to juggle resources. So mm. so who knows. But a couple of the shows. Uh, Oregon Trail is fun with nostalgia. It's pretty decent on its own. It's like a pickup and play. But um, so a few of the actors. Better recently? I no, <laughs> no, I am not. I played it last. I played it was high school, I think, and it's still decent. Um, anyway, a few of the actors from Walking Dead will be, you know, in the game since it's based on the show that they star in. And what else have they got going on? I don't know. That's about it. That's the thing. That's about it. It looks the graphics look kind of meh from the early screenshots. Uh, impressions have been mixed, but hopefully when March twenty sixth rolls around and it comes out it'll actually be decent uh the one thing that the wii u version has going on that the others don't is you can manage your inventory on the gamepad in real time opposed to having a pause and go through the menu like on the ps3 and 360 but <laughs> but yeah i know right you have to waste half a second clicking well start. i guess once you have the option it yeah. might be harder going back like the whole smartphone thing you don't exactly need it. until you have it then you can't live without it trust me i'm addicted <laughs> but uh yeah um the game was Halfway through development, when they decided to bring it to Wii U, which is why the gamepad use is literally just inventory. They didn't want to like change the whole paradigm of the game. But so that's what it is. It's kind of be the case for like a, a, a bunch of the next wave, yeah. But uh, so Walking Dead Survival Instinct will be out, like I said, March twenty sixth, and who knows? Maybe it'll actually be a pleasant surprise. But the maybe, thing, maybe it'll be game a, of the year this year. I doubt that. But it's just funny, like, there's so much confusion because there's the telltale, the telltale point-and-click adventure Walking Dead, which are, like, They're amazing. They're right on the telltales. Yeah, exactly. Activision's like, ooh, we should cash in. Because they're different licenses. Telltale's based on a graphic novel, which is what the TV show's based on. And this is based on the TV show based on a graphic novel. And have they, have the Telltale people been bothered for comment, or are they working on something? I don't know. I don't think they care. They know theirs is the good one. <laughs> no, I mean, as far as, like, whether it's coming to the Wii. Oh, 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 nothing. I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen anything. Cause, um, I don't know how long I should bother holding out. Or just I have episode one on my iPhone. I haven't played it yet, but just it was free. Collection. I don't know. What would you suggest? You have enough games to play right now, right? I'd say wait a few months. Give it time. Right, See I, guess, how it I goes. guess I could. I guess that depends. You have way too many games. Those other games that I got for yeah. bucks. Yeah, a bunch of old BS games. Anyway, another game coming to Wii U. Get ready for this one. Lego Marvel. Superheroes. <laughs> that sounds like, like <laughs> press start. <laughs> Lego Marvel Superheroes. So it's coming to every system known to man. Every system under the sun. It'll be on the 3DS, the DS, the PS3, the Xbox, and the Wii U. Okay, so and, and, and iOS and the con, con, uh, Commodore, 64. Commodore 64 and the Atari 2600. And here's what's crazy. You know the machine that used to play Space Wars in the 50s, like before Pong, before all that? It was in a lab and it was like the size of a room. It's going to be on there. I don't, I, I don't know how you could tell they're Marvel characters. It's just individual blocks of pixels, but it'll be there. Maybe the imagination. That's what it I guess, yeah. I mean, superheroes are all about imagination. Anyway, so the game, so the game's coming to Wii U along with every other system. And it's... um. Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought here. 
It's literally just the Lego games, is what I was going to say. It's being developed by TT Games. They did all the other Lego games. It's the same idea. This time, though, you're fighting Loki. It's kind of like the Avengers. And you're taking on the role Boy, of... Loki. I know, he, he doesn't get a break. You're taking on the role of everyone from Iron Man to Hulk to Thor to Spider-Man to Wolverine to probably tons of others that they haven't announced. The one interesting tidbit to me about this is that uh, it's being published by Warner Brothers Interactive. Warner Brothers Interactive, yeah, is owned by Warner Brothers, which owns DC and is now making a Marvel game. Worlds are colliding. There's no release date, by the way. This is just—it's just. It's just it. first, I think they've done that before, DC and Marvel. Pretty sure they have in like uh, the 90s. No, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I know. But yeah, so so that's showing up. That's showing up in the future. They did not put a release date, but I'm sure. I'm sure anyone that likes. Yeah, anyone that likes any Lego game ever will probably like this because it's probably gonna fall into the It's not like they're bad games. They're not. They're pretty good. I'm sure. Like it's just. They're cool. They're just all kind. Like they all spoofed their respective properties pretty yeah. well and added a good amount of humor. But it's just. Yeah, all the cuts. They're all the I, same. I, I always, yeah, I do. In, it's I, just every I, single I do, one's the same. Yeah, I do enjoy all the, the humor. Yeah, I mean, when I played the demo of Lego Lord of the Rings on 3DS, and I went back and looked at the demo of Lego Batman, it's basically the same game just reskinned. Nothing wrong with that. It's a solid game. It's just how many times can they reskin it? It's Pokemon. That's a little different because now it's all 3D. They're not just reskinning. They're polygoning it. That's a term I just made up. Polygoning. No, well, I mean, they're going deeper than reskin. They change yeah, they're the changing a lot. Yeah, but it's still the same skeleton as far as yeah. We but know the Lego right games are yeah, those, yeah, those are yeah. 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 So yeah. one 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 Wii U game. I'm not even trying to transition here. One Wii U game that we knew was already coming, but we finally have info on is Mutant Muds Deluxe. It'll be coming to the eShop. Sometime this quarter, I believe, and it's uh, a remake of sorts of the yeah, original. Yeah, so, so think um, Mighty Switch Forces, Mighty Hyper, Switch Drive Force, Hyper Drive Edition, which by the way is three dollars off, thirty percent off right now. So it's only seven bucks instead of ten on the eShop. So yeah, check you should that get it, out. Jason. I should. Are you? I don't know. I might. Here's the thing: if I do, I'm sure I'll get it before next episode. I'm sure I'll share impressions on the next episode because I feel like that's the window to get it is now. So I might. The future is now. Yes, the future is now. So this game, is anyway, my, much, this game is pretty much the same as the 3DS one, except you get well, no, alternate he, parallel universe levels or something like that? Yeah, it's, what they're doing differently is they're going to have 20 new stages in addition to the 20 DLC stages that are in the 3DS one that came out stages. later. Maybe I yeah. get it. No, but how, what's so different is these stages unlock as you progress through the normal game. There'll be a special door in the overworld, and that's how you get to them. And they're going to be, as you said, ghost worlds. So there'll be enemies from the normal stages, but reincarnated as ghosts, and there'll be new er enemies. And the only way to beat any of them is with a new power-up called the Ghost Shot. You can't use any of the other guns in the game. Or water cannons, or whatever. So, um... Made it sound like there's more than one weapon. No, it's only just one. Isn't there more than one? I thought uh, there were two. Well, it's... Oh, there's two characters, because Grandma well, well, becomes playable. Well, well, I mean, you could upgrade the one to just shoot it to give you a better draw distance. Fine, let me rephrase. You can't use anything else except the ghost shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Renegade, T obviously it's in HD as well. And Renegade Kid, the developers, um, they're contemplating adding in-game Miiverse comments, which I imagine would be similar to Music Mario Bros. U. They're the ones that threaten Nintendo with the whole hacking. Well, they didn't threaten them. They just said piracy is an issue. Well, yeah, yeah. Which is true. Piracy is an issue. In Europe, the DS basically fell flat on its face because more people were pirating than buying, buying new games. Wow. Yeah. Wait, 3DS? DS. Oh. DS. And the taillight. Why do you think the 3DS came out when it did, in part? Was just put a clamp on piracy. Nintendo didn't need to release the 3DS. Well, not fully. Yeah. Well, it's already getting there. They, they've they made it so it can act, so it can display custom code. They have got have not gotten to a point where you can run a homebrew, like, full-on games or anything yet. Yeah. As far as I know. The people that are hacking it did say that they're not really interested in that. Just in yeah. getting the whole region blocking, which... Yeah. But the thing is, once they open that can of worms... Yeah, someone is. 
Yeah, but Rankin can, uh, their main guy, Jules Weedham, I don't remember, but he, uh, he's been very vocal about it. Uh, but I think it'd be cool if they actually did, um, the in-game Wii vs. Cons, going back to Deluxe. Because it worked well on Mario, and Mutant Months is a harder game. So, you know, if they had something similar, I'd be all for that. Although, I don't know if I'll pick it up, because I'm not sure if 20 levels is worth basically replaying the whole game. No, especially considering that you haven't beaten the original. The original. I will say, though. And that you have 20 new levels on top of that. I know. I will say, though, um, yeah. I do like Mutant Muds a lot. Yeah, like, it's we, a great game. It's actually a year ago, believe it or not. Almost a year ago, we talked about it. Uh, episode 6, Nintendo Gets Networked, is where we first mentioned Mutant Muds. It's where we first give impressions on Mutant Muds. So, for anyone who's on the fence about what Mutant Muds is about or wants to see if they should pick up the at least the 3DS version if they can't if they don't have a Wii or can't wait. Check out that episode. We go hands on. Um I guess there's a couple other really quick tidbits of news and then Jason Sales Corner. Woo. Now, Jason Sales Corner, I know usually it's just me spitting out numbers, but here's the thing. Why'd you do but I'm ch- I don't know. There was no joke there. Jason well, now this is just awkward. Jason Sales Corner is a joke? This is just... I'm just kidding. You're a joke. No, okay. <laughs> Jason is a joke. But no, uh, this Sales Corner will actually be pretty interesting. I'll just say it when we get there. Let's do the rest of the news. So, um, yeah. this one's not really new news. It's just a nice reconfirmation. Uh, Nintendo told Polygon, the website, that yes, Wii U is in fact getting its own virtual console. And yes, those games will in fact work on the gamepad. So you don't have to go through the Wii Shop channel. They didn't Nintendo say... We're finally getting GameCube games. They didn't say GameCube games. I was about to say, they didn't say the systems. I know, I know, I know. I know they didn't. Yeah, I know. They didn't say, I, mean, I assume we will. They didn't say the systems, and they didn't say the release date, and they didn't say anything else. So I, my guess, it'll be in a Nintendo Direct before E3, or it'll be or it'll be a big download surprise at E3. Wow. That's my guess. To give you an idea... That's going to be the big thing of the conference. Yeah. Hey, guys, guess what? We have no new games, but you could download all yeah, the old ones. Like, like, nothing we know yet, nothing we know yet. Oh my god, here's the big announcement. Like, you want to hear about Smash Bros? You want to hear about the next Zelda? Well, check it out. You can play the old Smash Bros and the old Zelda with the virtual you console. You can download it for free right now, which is actually kind of cool. That'd be cool if it was all free. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be. Um, but yeah, my guess is it'll be at or before E3. We'll find out about it. And I also, I mean, it's not that unprecedented. The 3DS took three months to get its virtual console. So it's not like it has to be there. It didn't, it's not like it had to be there day one, like with the Wii, because Nintendo's already screwed that plan up. Uh, the other bit of news that doesn't really have its own little category we could put it in. CES happened this past week. That's the Consumer Electronic Show in Las Vegas. That the biggest true. electronic show of the year. For E3, but for everything else. Basically. Well, it's weird, because it's, like, it's not as big as it used to be. It used to be that the Consumer Electronic Show had everything. But now, like, phones have their own thing called Mobile World Congress in February in Barcelona, I believe. Phones, they get really big. Yeah, so, that, see, yes, this year is really, like, the cool indie stuff, like the Kickstarter objects, like the, you know, smartwatches and, like, virtual reality headsets. There's a really cool one called Oculus. Smartwatches? Yeah, like, they hook up with your smartphone and how it works. It's, like, it'll show you notifications on your phone through Bluetooth. I mean, on your watch through Bluetooth. Or, like, you can control your music from your watch. Or there's one that's called the World's Thinnest Watch, and it's literally, like, one of those slap bracelets, but it's an e-ink uh, time display on it. Huh. And it, 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 yeah, there's some cool stuff. And then Oculus Rift is this crazy virtual reality. Apparently works very well. Like you don't have to, you know, it, you don't see, you know, like when you put on like gog, like some sort of fake virtual reality, like in an arcade or whatever, you can see like the edges of the screen. It wraps far enough around your eyes that literally you just look like you're in that world. And John Carmack, who is the guy behind the Doom franchise, he actually is backing it pretty heavily. So it's like, and he's you know a pretty influential guy in the industry, so gaming industry. So that's cool. But the reason we're talking about it here 
is because uh, there's actually a couple Wii U accessories that Nyko showed off that may ail some Wii U gamers' issues, primarily battery issues. Yeah, which turns out is actually one of them's actually fun. really simple and easy. So Nyko has two battery options. One of them they're calling the Power Pack, and this thing can boost your controller's battery life by three times. So that's instead of you know whatever three to five, you can get like nine to twelve now hours on one battery. And what you do is you just unscrew the battery compartment on the back of your Wii U, take out Nintendo's battery, which for some reason only fills up a third of that compartment, and plop in this ginormous power pack, which fills the entire empty void of that compartment. So it's actually really easy. It doesn't add any bulk, any weight, any anything. Well, probably a little weight. But no bulk or extra accessory needed. You just swap them. I think Nintendo didn't want to make the Wii U cost any more or something. Yeah, I think Nintendo's like, we don't want to put too big a battery because that makes it cost more for us and they're cheap. Uh, the second one's a little more complicated and only gets you half the juice. For six to eight hours, you can get what they call the U-Boost. It's this dorky, weird accessory that like clips onto the back of the gamepad and like, kind of sticks out the bottom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it probably doesn't void your warranty. I wouldn't be surprised if the other one does. But uh, I don't know if it does, but I won't be surprised. I mean, you're opening the gamepad, and you can say, well, you broke it. You opened it. You're not supposed to open it. That's my guess. Who knows? But um, So the U-Boost, U-bo- it clips onto the back and bottom. I mean, battery has to run out eventually. But Nintendo's? Yeah. Yeah, but they presumably will want you to send it to them. Uh, well, but kind of either way, the U-Boost... It's our own batteries. <laughs> yeah, well, because they're lithium-ion battery packs. They're not just like triple A's. But I agree that the power pack's a better option. The U-Boost um, only gives you six to eight, and it's this kind of giant thing you put on. It still works with the charging cradle, like it bypasses, like, the, you know, the, the charge can bypass through it, but it just looks bulky and dorky. Either way, they're both 25 bucks. So I imagine you would get the internal one, or for $50, you can get both, and your Wii U can literally <laughs> last you like a day and a half straight. Not quite. It would last you like 18 hours, or 20 hours at most. I wonder if they have, like, warnings, like, only use one of these at a time. Your Wii U will fry. But, so that's what Nyko's doing with batteries. They also have uh, their own controller called the Pro Commander. It's essentially the Pro Controller, but they moved the sticks to be staggered, so it looks like an Xbox 360 controller. So there's one stick up top, one stick on the bottom. So just for people who are more used to that control setup, here's your option. And it's 15 bucks cheaper than a official Nintendo Pro Controller. Oh, that's cool for those that and it's not glossy. All the Call of Duties and yeah, exactly. Stuff. And it's not, just for them. Yeah, but personally, I'm not a big fan of third-party controllers. I like my official controllers. But the yeah. power pack's intriguing. Yeah, so, especially because you can't even tell it's on. Except yeah, when exactly. The not yeah, the U stand, the U boost is dumb, but the power pack is cool. Yeah, I might be getting that just because every time we have our long game sessions with all these people. Oh yeah, whenever you show off Nintendo Land, basically. Yeah. But so that's that for uh, the majority of the news. But now it's Jason Sales Corner, and what I was starting to say earlier, but bit my tongue until now. Is this isn't just hey here's some numbers, but there's a lot of people. the The new sales numbers for December from NPD, that's people that track it. Those came out uh, recently, this past week, and literally everyone's like, "We've doomed. It's over. It's done. Nope, done." Blah. So I'm here to say, it's I like did. That I one did time some. That the Wii I even been up for a month and people were so all gloom and doom about it. The Wii U. Was, oh, oh, last month when we did it. Yeah. What the few, well, I was doom and gloom about it because it's for four. Well, so, I remember there was something like, oh, it's only been out for this month, so people have to chill. Well, it was out two weeks when we last talked about it. But um, what I was going to say is before we get to the. I, I mean, I did some number crunching. Oh, we'll get to all that before that, really quick. Overall, video game industry is in quite the decline right now. Uh-oh. So that could be bad. 
and that probably isn't helping Nintendo's case. The um, the holidays couldn't stop this industry decline. It's been all year. December 2012 saw sales drop 22% compared to December 2011. That's actually the same drop that the whole year saw compared to all of last year. So all 2012 sales were down 22%. Uh-oh. Kind of bad. Hardware, software, accessories, they all nosedived. All those well, Roku's being sold. Roku? Yeah, people don't need a... Oh, that's true. They don't need a PSV or 360 to stream their stuff. They could well, get a Roku I think box. the PSV can still argue itself for Blu-ray and 3D Blu-rays. And games. Yeah. Games are kind of a big thing, you know. But um, the one thing that actually didn't go down was point cards, like Nintendo point cards, or Nintendo, you know, eShop cards, or like yeah. Xbox Live cards, because downloads are becoming more popular, and as such, people are shifting and buying more of those. But like I said, the big story, of course, is the Wii U. So Nintendo, it's actually kind of funny. Nintendo put out a press release where they were like, hey guys, the Wii U, it sold 30 million, or sorry, it had 30 million dollars more revenue than the Wii did in its first six weeks on the market. In our first six weeks, we made 300 million instead of 270 million with the Wii U. Isn't that great? The Wii U's a success, right? It did so much better, right? When your console costs 100 dollars more, yes, you will make more revenue. That is, that is an accurate statement, Nintendo. Even if you sell less, which is exactly what happened. But I have to give him credit, because that's an excellent PR spin, if I've ever seen it. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like the best PR, because literally, their stock went up after that was announced. Even though sales are down, the stock went up because Nintendo made more revenue. Never mind the fact that per console, they're losing money, which they didn't do with the Wii. So they might be making less profit, but hey, they're making more revenue, so, well, you know. But, um, if you look at the numbers, it's really not that, so- like, the units sold, it's not that solid of an outcome. The Wii U sold 460,000 units in December. That brings its U.S. total since launch on November 19th to... 18th. 18th, right. Wow. The, Wii, the Wii was 19th. Wow. The Wii was 19th. Uh, my first slip-up ever in a year of doing this, I know. I, E-God. I'm... I'm I, I, it's like, you might as well turn this off. Just don't... There's no point in continuing. I, I, I was I, off by a day, which, by the way, I predicted from a year earlier, but that's irrelevant, because I was off by 24 hours. Fine. In the six-week period since it launched, better. Before me to apologize. I'm sorry. I'm 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 terribly sorry. Our listeners deserve better. They do. I I resign as of right now, forever. Jose, you're one man showing it. Oh man! All right, this is Jose's sales corner. Let's skip it. Okay, and I'm back because we're not skipping this. So, <laughs> um, so like I said, the Wii U sold 460,000 units in December, bringing its U.S. Uh, sales total thus far to 890,000. To give you some comparison. The Wii sold 604000 during its first December. That's versus 460000 for the Wii U. And its first six-month week... Its first six-week... <laughs> it's, it's too many terms. Its first six-week launch total was 1.08 million. Versus the Wii U having, once again, 890000 so that's a noticeable difference. Hope everyone has a pen and paper. 800, well, here. 890,000 is less than 1.08 million. That's what you need to take away. The Wii U sold 890,000. <laughs> and the Wii sold 1.08 million. Now, naturally, I mean, the internet did have kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Wii U's doomed. I kind of said that at the top here. Uh, but... And you know when the and, and I even got in I even like jumped on board because when I you know when it came out I tweeted something like Nintendo can't be too happy with these numbers I wonder how they're gonna turn it around which is true they're probably not happy that it sold less than the Wii but if you look I wouldn't be happy but if you look it's much more of a mixed bag like if you really dig deep which I did after the fact it's actually much more of a mixed bag than it first seemed and it's actually not as bad as a result 
So if you look back to 2006, if you compare the launch to like its comparable, you know, to other systems that are now successful, if you look at the PS3 in 2006. Remember, the PS3 for a number of years was considered a failure, like well, outright. Yeah, no, Everyone's no like, "What's going to save the PS3?" Overpriced. Yeah. So the PS3. Backwards compatibility. So the P yeah the PS3 in its first during its first People holiday. People thinking it was a grill. Have to return. Exactly. They're like, where, where, where do I stick the meat on this George Foreman? And it's like, you don't. And they're like, well, screw that. I don't need Blu-ray. And they turn, <laughs> took it back. But anyway, the PS3, which launched in 2006, during that first holiday period it had, it sold a grand total of 687,000. Keep it, Now, keep in mind, it, that's less, obviously, than the Wii's 890,000. But keep in mind, it was priced at 499 and 599 which is more expensive than either version of the Wii U, which is either 300 or 350 So there's that to take in mind. One interesting tidbit, though, is the PS3 actually outsold the Wii U if you look just at December sales. In December 2006, PS3 hit 490000 and the Wii U this past December, as I mentioned, was at 460000 So the PS3 for, yeah, but, you know, for a system that was that much more expensive, okay. it managed to edge out slightly. Wow. So that's a little worrisome on one hand, right? It is. But on the other hand... Man, people had a lot of money back then. But here's what's crazy. <laughs> on the other hand, and at the time, that was considered a failure, too. On the flip side, on the other hand, when the Xbox 360 launched the year before, in 2005, it had a holiday total of 607000 which uh, 281000 which was December. And clearly, the Wii U sold more than 281000 if it sold 460000 simple, simple math, you know? I can yeah. do it. 460 is more than 281. But, um, so the 360 had a price point of 299 and 399. That's about in line with what the Wii U costs. And the 360 had a weaker December with that similar price and is still right now the number one HD console. But is it, is it really appropriate to be comparing them to these consoles? Because, I mean, this is supposedly the next-gen console. There's so is the 360. So is so, 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 so the 360. No, no, you, yeah. know, you know what outsold the 360 the year it came out? That holiday? The PS3 sold, like, one point something million. I mean, sorry, not the PS3. PS2 sold 1.4 million or something yeah, like that exactly. in holiday 2005. Yeah. Right, I'm drawing an analogy. So the Wii U selling 890,000, which is more than... P and being outsold by the quote, previous generation, oh. it's in line. It kind of matches up. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess what you could say overall is that the Wii U overall, it did have, if you look just at the total six-week holiday sales for each system, it actually had the best performance of all the HD consoles. Granted, this is six years later. So it's a different environment, but it still performed the best. And sure, it wasn't those Wii levels of 2006, which 1.08 million, but it's not horrible either. I mean, it outdid the PS3 and 360. Uh, so I think the problem lies more in the fact, not so much that the Wii U's not selling well, but that it's being set to the expectation of the Wii, which was obviously a tremendous success and had crazy sales and had crazy shortages. So if you look like, you know, just as the industry as a whole, it's doing okay, I would say. And I mean, it doesn't, you know, it's, uh, obviously the Mii is kind of like, bashing it every chance they can. So are gamers, and so did I a little when I first saw the numbers. But then when I looked deeper, it's really, perform it's really performing okay. I mean, granted, the Wii U isn't that runaway success it could be. But, you know, PS3 did and 360... Would be? No, that's the thing. And Nintendo PS3... Did, I think. Yeah, I don't think they did. And no PS3 one. and... three, I think they hope. Actually, they might have. And PS3 and 360, here's the thing. They're fine. They have sold like 70-something thousand consoles each. Yes, they're behind the Wii, but the Wii was a you know, weird phenomenon. It wasn't a common occurrence. PS3 and 360 are pretty much neck and neck, and they were fine once the companies pushed them properly with the right marketing and stuff. 
So if Nintendo can just follow Microsoft's Sony's lead and take a decent but not spectacular holiday launch and turn it into a spectacular... Like, I don't think anyone now would say the PS3 and the Xbox 360 are failures, right? No. So if, they, if Nintendo can basically replicate what Sony and Microsoft did with their That's HD consoles, the Wii U will be fine. That's not to say it had the best launch ever, but it had a good launch in if you look comparatively. And as such, I think that this whole Wii U is doomed talk is way overblown. And to further back that, GameStop put out a press release about their sales during the holidays, and they're saying, oh, all our sales are down, our hardware is down, our software is down. And then they were like, but we're happy with the success of the Wii U. It, they considered it successful and touted that they sold 320,000 of those uh, 890,000 consoles. So if they, in their downer press release, was like, hey, it, the Wii U was a success, if they consider it a success, that's got to mean something. And once again, if you look at Xbox and PS3, PS3 had a higher price point, sold a little better. Xbox had the same price point in the same environment where it was a year ahead of its next-gen competitors and was being outsold by current-gen. And it fared perfectly fine in the long run. It actually sold less than the Wii U at first. So I'm saying, yes, the Wii U could have done better, especially compared to the Wii, but it really didn't, didn't do that bad at all. No. That's the takeaway for the Wii U. Other stuff. But of course, there's more to video game. I mean, Ninten- there's more in Nintendo than just. I, the Wii. I guess it all depends on how the investors and the the third-party publishers interpret this. As to it depends on how they interpret it, and it depends on if Nintendo could turn around. Like I said, Sony and Microsoft did an amazing job after the fact of going, "We need to step up our game." Like Xbox had crazy marketing for years. Sony like went through. It took them a few years, but they picked up the pace. They got Kevin Butler character going. They got it to work. And now, and, and now they're yeah. Now they're almost neck and neck with Xbox. A report came out from some analysts that basically Marcus. Right. Oh God, that's PSP though. That doesn't count. But no, a uh, a report came out from an analyst who predicted Sony didn't actually release numbers for December, but an analyst said that they might have surpassed worldwide sales of Xbox 360 in December. So. You know, if Sony could turn it around, Nintendo could turn it around. Oh. They just need to figure out how to do it. But anyway, that's enough about Wii. The point is, it's not a bomb like people are saying. It just didn't have the Wii's. It just didn't replicate the Wii phenomenon, which would would have been ins- impossible to do. I feel like. Yeah, uh, a lot of people just seem to like to hate Nintendo. Oh right? yeah, that seems to be like the end thing, or it has been just hate about Nintendo. Yeah, I agree. Why? But uh, yeah, if we move over to Pokemon other Pokemon Y. Pokemon Y. Oh god, please don't always say Pokemon Y when you have a question. Pokemon, why not? He evolves into Wampafet. What? See what I did there? Isn't why not the pre-evolution of Wampafet? Yes. And you said Pokemon, why not? So I'm saying, yeah, he evolves into the Pokemon Wampafet. Well, I was making a joke. It's technically pronounced why not, not why not. Yeah, well, oh, coming from the guy that twists words to say his puns. Okay. Moving, <laughs> going beyond. X, Pokemon, excuse me? Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Is that supposed to be executor? Excuse me? That sounds nothing like I it. I said Pokemon X. Oh, oh, wow. I'm now trying to think of Pokemon names. Anyway, looking beyond the Wii U, we should probably put it in a lo- I can see, actually, this, I think, is why people are like Nintendo's Doom. Xbox 360, December's top seller, managed to move 1.4 million units in December alone. And PS3, while they didn't release numbers at Sony, it's estimated, based on third-party estimates, at about 700,000. So that might be why people said the Wii U bomb. Because 490 versus those, when it's a new console, doesn't look that great. But like I said, Xbox 360, when it came out, was vastly outsold by the PS2. Hmm. So, just food for thought. Uh, well, and plus, these systems now, they're bundled, they're way cheaper, they're bundled like three games each. Sony has PlayStation Plus where you get like millions of free games every month, so it makes some sense. But if you look at Nintendo's other hardware... I know, they even have subsidized versions. Exactly, yeah, Xbox you can get for 100 bucks. 
and then subsidized, which is funny because yeah, obviously. Yeah, Nintendo's already cutting costs with the box, or mm-hmm. are they? I've noticed that um the last Wii U box that I saw Best Buy the sticker the promotion the deluxe digital deluxe promotion deluxe sticker yeah, yeah it's not a sticker anymore it's, it's printed on yeah it's printed I don't on. think they're cutting costs I think what happened is they rolled out the plans for the packaging they rolled out the plans for the deluxe digital promotion after they started manufacturing so they had to go back and stick a sticker well, on the, the sticker already looks nice. it does. But yeah, they uh, well, they're gonna say, yeah, because they do, they used to do that all the time. Like they'd announce a promotion and they have to go so back into their inventory. To go now, yeah. go now. <laughs> Just pause the podcast, go to Best Buy. We'll wait. And when we get back, the other hardware from Nintendo. Oh boy! Welcome back. I see you had a nice trip to Best Buy. Let's discuss the other hardware from Nintendo. So uh, the 3DS actually did pretty good for itself. Uh, 1.25 million units sold in December. That brings its U.S. sales to date since launch to 7.7 million. This continues its trend of outpacing the DS's sales at the same point in its life, which means the 3DS is doing pretty... But when did the DS boom and... DS Lite, which is about six months from now, if you follow the same trajectory. Uh-oh. So, Nintendo... Six, so six months from now... I think so. Nintendo's yeah, going to stop... They're gonna, yeah, they're going to stop. Nintendo's going to stop saying it. Hmm. At least I think so. I know it's at the same time. I think it's it was about six months from Lite. now. Yeah, there won't be. Uh, yeah, and I mean, even then... Well, the 3DS is still outperforming the DS, you know, in the same point in its life yeah. it, the sales this year are actually down 22 percent for december 2012 versus december 2011 so sales are still down it's doing well just not as well uh and speaking of ds since we, i mentioned it uh it managed to move 470,000 units which means that since it launched in the u.s 53 million ds's are out there that includes eyes lights ixls and original bats no. but still a lot i contributed to three of those 53 million yeah, I know. I'm so proud of myself. Anyway, as for the Wii, uh, the good old Wii actually is chugging. I contributed one, two, three, four. You have five. You have five. You have five different Six. normal DSs. Six. <laughs> I'm counting my siblings. My family contributed. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, so the Wii, going to the Wii. Uh, I think I started to say it, sorry, but it's, it's still chugging along. It. Uh, they managed to outsell the Wii U by fifteen thousand units, and the Wii sold four hundred. 70,000. Wait, I did that math wrong because I'm a... F- no, I didn't. 475,000 units is what the weasel. Uh, so this puts the system at forty, almost 41 million here in the U.S. alone since it launched in 06. So there's that. And I know it's kind of like, whoa, wait, the Wii U outsold the, was outsold by the Wii and the Wii U just launched. What? Here's a fun fact. When the PS3 came out, it was outsold by the PS2. When you have a cheaper console that's still very popular, it will naturally outsell the new yeah, one that PS2 needs to be in traction. The PS2, they just stopped manufacturing this month, after 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Insane, right? Wow. But yeah, so so anyone that's like, whoa, the, that's embarrassing, the Wii outsold the Wii U, not really, because it happens with every generation. The cheaper alternative, there's going to be a lot of people that pick it no, up the dirt Xbox cheap. Xbox outsold the 360. I don't know. I don't know, actually. I'm actually not sure. I, I doubt it. I couldn't find those numbers. Yeah, on the Xbox, the original did that. Uh, it did better than GameCube, but that's not saying anything, because <laughs> GameCube didn't do that well. I'll put it this way, the 3DS is already old school. Basically, the, the PS2, like, destroyed, like, that. The PS2 was the system, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, software-wise, uh, you know, usual suspects dominated. Black Ops 2 was number one, Just Dance 4 was number two. New Super Mario Bros. 2 actually came in ninth place on the overall sales chart. Not because Zephyr World was number three. No, you wish. But uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2 has sold 1.45 million since it launched in August, which really makes first it makes it the fourth 3DS game. I contributed to, two copies. You did. I'm counting my brothers again. Oh, anyway, it makes it the fourth 3DS game to pass the, to get past a million units, and also it shows everyone that went, "Huh, I bombed because it only sold 200,000 something in August." Guess what, guys? It's not a bomb anymore. 
Okay, That's what Nintendo's whole evergreen thing is about. Spreading it. Like, it'll keep selling for months. Can you picture someone being like, God, don't sell 200,000, loser. Dude, you should see some gaming forums like NeoGAF when it comes to no. sales charts. Why not? No, They'll literally be like, like, there's someone that's like, Wii U bombed, LOL, They wrote like 20 LOL, It's like, dude, like, okay. I guess it's like sports in a way. I mean, the whole reason I'm breaking these down is because I'm interested in this. True, this is our equivalent. It really is. Oh, other milestones, but going back to some other milestones of note from December, Just Dance 3 is now the 10th Wii game to have 5 million sold, which is kind of insane, because I bet you Just Dance 1 and 2 are also in that group of 10. And New Super Mario Bros. U has sold 580,000 copies, giving an attach rate still of 65% to the Wii U itself. Wow. So, two-thirds of Wii U owners are picking up Mario. Which makes you wonder what that other third is buying. Sonic. Yeah, that must be it. No, same That's party. not it. It's not same party, no. The land part of it, probably. Yeah, but a lot of people are getting the deluxe. Uh, but either way, regardless, if I want to interpret this Wii U sales, what do you want to believe what I said? With evidence to back it. Or you just want to go, Nintendo's doomed. Nintendo itself still had a pretty good December. They moved 2.65 million systems across all their platforms this month. That's the 11th year in a row that Nintendo has seen sales of over 8 million hmm. in the year. So, go them. Go. Switching over to Japan real quick. We're not going to go into Japan normally, but uh, Iwata has been talking about... Yeah, exactly. Iwata has been talking about the Wii U sales in Japan. So this was in context originally to the Japanese sales of the Wii U, in which uh, between December 8th when it launched over there and the 30th, end of the month, uh, the Wii U managed to move 638,000 units, which means that since its launch weekend, it sold an additional 300,000 or about 100,000 a week, which for Japan is pretty good. It's number two in the country for the month behind the 3DS, which is like doing insane numbers. Um, Iwata, talking both originally about Japanese numbers but then extrapolating to the Wii U overall, he actually said that Wii U says, this is really weird. He said they're not bad. Could you imagine Steve Jobs coming out and being like, Apple TV sales, they're not bad. No, they spin it and be like, well, for a hobby, it's doing, they call it a hobby, the Apple TV. I'm saying, back in the day, could you imagine someone like him coming out and going, Apple TV, not bad. No, it's like really candid. It's unusual. It also makes it a little more worrying than it, I guess it is kind of worrying. But uh, yeah, so he said they're not bad. They have the word bad in it. Yeah. But he, he specifically pointed out that uh, Nintendo two prong attack of basic and deluxe packs. That's the first time they've ever done that, and they didn't quite balance it right. Uh, because basically, there are way too few deluxes and way too many basics out there. Deluxe was in way more high demand, and as such, it couldn't fulfill that demand. So there's just a lot of basics sitting on store shelves. But with that said, he does think that overall. Um, the system's feeling, you know, the system's still, the system's feeling, he feels that the system is, quote, selling steadily, and that uh, Nintendo hasn't changed their prediction of 5.5 million units by the end of the fiscal year, which is March 31st. So I guess they think, even though it hasn't even hit a million here in the States, it could still hit 5.5 by March. Mm. I don't know. I think 4 is more realistic. Because it's not doing all that hot in Europe. Mm, so I think, I think 4 is like a... I never really hear anything, like, good... Europe doesn't have a central tracking for this sort of thing oh. they have like uk and like the rest of europe but it's a lot harder to do that um but no i think overall like four million is probably what they're gonna come close to i'm putting my prediction down now it's getting more like four million we'll see on march 31st i think it's gonna be 3.5 million we'll see on march 31st no i'm gonna say 4.1 okay we'll see on march 31st All right. uh w- but since we were talking about japan i do want to really quick mention animal crossing new leaf is insane i mean the game's probably really good but the the the, the, the amount of animal crossing new leafs the amount of leaves that are being picked off the tree are... I don't know what that means. 
It's crazy. The in it's been out for six weeks, and according to Japan's um, Nikkei newspaper, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, they've already sold two point three million copies in six weeks. Five hundred thousand of those, which by the way are full retail games, no sale price for download. Five hundred thousand of them were downloaded out of that two point three million, which is actually a crazy high number considering it's a full retail game, no sale price. You're not getting a box, you're not getting a cartridge, you're just getting the game. And uh, Iwata even he actually spoke with the magazine and or newspaper, and he even said that that's quite an event, and basically it's really unusual. So um, we also shared this isn't so much sales as just like interesting points to consider because Nintendo everyone's always like oh Nintendo's gonna it's die yeah because Nintendo's always gonna die at the hands of smartphones or whatever. Uh, he he told the news he told Nikkei that he told um, them, no yeah he he Nikkei's like so what about smartphones he's like no. <laughs> no smartphones. No, but he told them that some interesting, actually really interesting demographic info about Animal Crossing New Leaf. So Nintendo, through Club Nintendo, they do surveys and they find out all sorts of demographic stuff. So sourcing that data, uh, I want to point out that there's actually a huge influx of female gamers with Animal Crossing. Overall in Japan, 31% of 3DS owners are female. But with those who purchase a 3DS alongside Animal Crossing, in other words, they're buying both at the same time, they're new, new adopters of the system. 56% of them were female. Oh, yeah. In fact, in fact, the largest single demographic group, I feel like I'm reading because I am at this point, who, uh, the, the, biggest pe the biggest group of people who bought Animal Crossing of any demographic group were female age 19 to 24. That's our age group. Except women. Yeah. And what's crazy about that is uh, that's also, Iwata argued, the one of the major demographics of smartphone gaming. Females 19 to 24. So if these females who are supposedly only playing on smartphones and who are supposedly and those smartphones are supposedly going to be the death of true gaming on true gaming platforms, then what are they doing with the 3ds? What are they doing with the 3ds? Exactly. Yeah. So it shows. So I want to argue that it shows that there's still room for dedicated gaming devices to offer deeper experiences. That yes, they cost more, but you're getting your money's worth. You're getting forty dollars worth of gaming versus like, you know, a buck or two. Yeah. So, also as a side note, same interview. Uh, I want to also talk about free-to-play games, and Nintendo is open to doing them. He basically said they're not going to do it for Pokemon or Mario or any established franchise, but new games that they're experimenting with. They may go the free-to-play or they may go, as he called it, the cheap-to-play, uh, where I guess you pay a small entry fee and then keep paying for extra stuff. They may go that route if the game makes sense for that route. Wow. Now, this was the same sort of like vague, we might consider it, we're open to it, talk they did with, about DLC before they did DLC. So basically, at some point, we're probably going to see free-to-play Nintendo games through the eShop. Hmm. wonder what kind of game they're going to make. Who knows? Who knows? But all those Animal Crossing sales, doubling back for a split sec, they helped the 3DS cross 10 million units in Japan in 98 weeks, which is pretty quick. As, I, as we mentioned in a previous episode, it's already outsold the lifetime sales of PS3. So, that happened. And that wraps up Jason's sales corner. And that wraps up the news segment. Thank you. I'm taking a bow, but no one can see me. And with that, what are we playing, Jose? Well, I know one thing we're playing. We actually already told them what we're playing at the top. We're playing Little Inferno, <laughs> Chasing Aurora, and Gundam Clive. Let's start with Little Inferno. That's the fire rises. The fire rises. Literally, the whole game is about burning stuff. So something about burning potpourri. Yeah, that game is fun. It is really fun. It's not so much a game as it is a sandbox. Well, it's a game and a sandbox, in my opinion. So, I guess really quick we should explain how it works in a nutshell. And it's as long as the original Portal, so it's like four hours. Yeah, so you can play it in one setting if you're not Jason. Yeah, I was playing it over a couple <laughs> things. And then CES distracted me, but I'm like three quarters through the game. Um, I have like five catalogs? Six? Anyway, Sounds um, like a lot. 
something like that. It depends. I'm like six, so you have three quarters. Just about. I guess really quick, what how Little Inferno works. It's first of all, it's from the guys that made World of Goo and the guy that made Hendrix Hatsworth, Hatsworth, and they formed a company called Tomorrow Corp, which is also the fictional company in the game. Which was 2D Boy before. The yeah, 2D was... Boy, and now they're Tomorrow Corp. And um, how it works is you have a fireplace. You throw objects into said fireplace. The objects burn. You get coins when they burn. You use said coins to buy more objects. You take those objects. You throw them in the fireplace. They burn. You get more coins. You buy more objects. You throw those objects into the fireplace. They burn. You get more coins. You, you get the point. <laughs> so, you always get more money than what you put in. Probably. Yeah, you get more than what you put in. There's a story that goes with it that's actually kind of fun. Like, it's kind of dark, but it's kind of fun. Um, and really, the whole thing, without saying too much, I'm just going to say, it's a nice spoof of the in-app purchase model that dominates the mobile gaming space. Like, the whole, like, putting, you have to keep buying everything is totally a jab at uh, in-app purchases, as are some of the other elements of the game, which I won't say, because they're actually just plot points. But, um, yeah, overall, it is kind of a sandbox, and essentially you could burn wherever you want. But where the game element comes in, at least for me, is that uh, the combo, they have this thing called combos. And you want well, to... Well, in order to progress to the game, you yeah. need to buy catalogs, and you can't buy catalogs until you've performed a certain number of combos. And right. You can't yeah, I should, we should probably mention that how, how you progress, because you do progress, because there's a story, uh, is when you burn stuff, new stuff opens in the catalog, and you can then buy that stuff and burn that. And once you have a full catalog, you use all the items in that catalog to con- do combos. And these are like clever bla- brain teasers, and this is really where the game part of it comes in, because they're re- it's really a puzzle game pretending to be a sandbox game. Because what you have to do is they'll just list achievements you have to unlock. So it'd be like uh, the springtime combo. You'd be like, oh, what two objects would make springtime? And naturally, when I played it, I was like, oh, springtime. Okay, so I need like some sort of flowers and you know springy things. Turns out what they meant is some flowers and an alarm clock. Springtime. So that's the sort of puzzle you're getting. And you have to figure those combos out. They start with like two objects. They grow to three, four, etc. And um, that's really the meat of the game is getting those combos. So it's like brain teasers with a really Tim Burton-y aesthetic yeah and like some are way easier than others and others are like uh, yeah some are super easy and some make no sense to anyone i feel like yeah some are pretty i mean i'm only listening to ones really early in the game like springtime but there's another one that's kind of clever i thought is called uh lenders or something like that and when you get when you see lenders is right when you get the first letter from an in-game character that kind of pushes the story forward and she asks you to let her borrow something like buy her something and send it to her so I was like, oh, I lent her that object, and then she sent me a return object. So clearly I must combine those two, because that's what was lended. But no, 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 they just meant a credit card and a bank. Hmm. So like some of them might start overthinking. But it is a really fun game. It has a really cool aesthetic. Um, I mean, I don't, well, yeah, I mean go yeah. ahead. Well, I mean, like, um, the flash animation is really good. Yeah, it looks it, it, really it's like clean. It's one of those games that, like, even though it is flash animation, just... They just know how to make it work really well. Like, the physics and... It looks really clean. The physics are really nice. Like yeah, everything has it. unique... Fa- each object has its own physics, naturally. There's yeah. some fun ones that use gravity in different ways. Yeah, like, there's, like, a moon and yeah. all these things. Like, just, like, the way they interact with each other is really fun. And, and just and, the and world they create. It's really fun to just burn stuff for some reason. Like, yeah, it lets your inner pyro the, out. The, the, it lets your inner pyrotechnic out. Like, the way, like, all the different items react, like, you want to see how they each react. It's not just burning them just to burn them. Yeah, because they do different things. Like, some stuffed animals will literally scream in pain. And, or, or like, there's, like, this bear that looks like a complete, like, doofus. And he literally, like, when you pick him up, he's like, oh, and, like, things like that. Like, it's just, like... And there's the cat that just poops everywhere. Yeah, they, they had fun yeah. with it. It has a, it has a kind of... It's very Tim Burton, I'd say. Like, it has that kind of yeah. vibe. Like, if you like the vibe of World of Two, And without spoiling anything, like, yeah, the end game, 
that's something. I haven't gotten there yet, so I'm spoiled. It, it, it's a real. It's it, a unique experience. It, it throws a game on its head, as far as um how you've been playing the whole time. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. And it has yeah. a very and they managed to craft a pretty like big world around the fact that you're just sitting at a fireplace. Yeah. Like they have an intro movie you unlock pretty early on that like explain. It's like an infomercial for the fireplace itself, which is like. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything more than that. But they have that, which is like really slickly done, slickly done, and then you get these letters from people that build up the world a little more. Like it's a really well done game. And the interactions with that other NPC. Yeah, the one who gives that you exchange gift with, gifts with. Yeah, it's cool. And I mean, if you don't believe us, that's a good game. And if you notice, like um, the perspective of the game is from the person you're playing as, if it's a kid. And if you look carefully, like you can actually see the camera moving, like the view up and down a little. If you like. I never down. noticed that. That's yeah, so cool. So it's like, if you see so it's like he's a little kid saying, yeah, so, so yeah, you are like the kid. At yeah, the and one thing worth mentioning is there's some resource struggling a little because, yeah, you order stuff from the catalog, but you also get stamps, and these stamps give you express shipping because every item you order has a different shipping time. So if you're impatient or if no, you need to do a certain combo. Feeling like a long yeah, no, time. 13 seconds. When you see a minute, you're like, oh, screw this. I'm yeah, and you use a stamp, time. and those stamps you have to use care. You know, you have to be careful because, yeah, they give them you when they burn but they're not as common as the yeah. coins yeah you get them whenever you get a combo essentially basically but yeah so it's it's a it's a good it's a very good game it's very unique it's very different it you could play it either entirely on the gamepad yeah, or on the tv are definitely the key terms in this one yeah and uh the way it uses the wii u is if you're playing on the gamepad your finger you're dropping things in the fireplace with your finger if you play it you can do it either where you see it on the tv and you're using the gamepad and it's the same display on both you can play only on the gamepad or you can use a wii mote as your finger and use the pointer to control it on the TV and yeah. not use the gamepad. That's how I rigged the game. Really? Yeah. I did it with the gamepad. Oh, no, I did it with the TV. With the Wii? With the Wiimote? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. How, how, that, how was that? It worked out perfectly. It was no... Oh. It no just seemed... Touch seemed natural because you're just tossing things into a fire. To me, at least. Oh, well... I don't know why I didn't use it. Well, I don't know why I didn't use the gamepad. I just seemed the right way. To right, use. yeah. But, but, probably because of, like, um, World of Goo instinctively right right and part of part of fun by the way is not just burning stuff but seeing how big of a fire you can make because some objects burn a lot brighter or in different colors even we just wait till the last item to unlock it yeah don't don't spoil that but um if you don't believe us that's a good game i would just like to point out that the independent games festival awards which they basically are the awards for all the indie games they gave uh they gave it three nominations so if including like indie game of the year or whatever the equivalent is so if you don't believe us you can trust that. It's a good game. And it's and they extended the sale. It was 10 bucks only originally through like the 4th or the 7th of January, but now it's extended, I believe. So go to the eShop, get it for 10 bucks, fork us back to 15 It's crazy. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's really I mean, fun. It has, a funny, the, it has like a dark sense of humor. But I mean, I could also see it not being a game for exactly everyone, so for $15, it's still that might be a little too right. overpriced, so, so basic, considering it's only like roughly 4 to 5 hours. You mean for ten dollars, it might still be overpriced. No, for fifteen. Right, so then get it for ten. Yeah, it's fine. on sale till February first. Yeah. I just checked that. Because I mean, so. it's forty-five hours to beat the campaign. I mean, you could just you could get, play it in March. I mean, season, I mean so. there's like oh, there's like around a hundred combos, so you could just keep doing that. You don't need to solve all of them to beat the game. Right, so and then you can go back and do this. Free burn, so yeah. yeah, no, it's a fun, it's it's a fun experiment. It's definitely it's the definition of an indie game, and it's really good and it's unique. Check it out. Yeah. 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 So that's one of three games. The fire, the fire has risen. You know what else rises? Um, the birds of chasing Aurora. Awesome transition. Okay, you have it. Wow, chasing Aurora. You were like so taken back by the the sheer the wave of excellence that swooped over you when I gave that transition. Totally took you aback. You were just basking in its glow, weren't you? Or was it that bad that you were just speechless? I don't know what to say. 
Because it was so excellent or because it was so bad? Let me just talk about the game. So Chasing Aurora. <laughs> um, yeah, the game's really fun. If you like Mario Chase, then you can't go wrong. It's essentially the same concept. It's 2D Mario Chase. Yeah, it's yeah, 2D. Yeah. 2D Mario Chase. Yeah, 2D Mario Chase. With the origami aesthetic looking game. It actually looks really nice. Yeah, it has this really cool vector origami art style. It's very colorful, but everything's very polygonal and flat. Yeah. It's so, like Windows 8, but with triangles. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> the game just looks really nice. And I mean, it does. It's one of those games that like in HD just looks nice. But essentially, since we did play like Mario Chase, it has three game modes. You have mm-hmm. hide and seek, freeze tag, and chase. And depending on which one you're playing, they actually work better with more people than others. But they're also pretty playable. So freeze tag, the person on the gamepad is the icy bird and the people... On the TV, which are playing with normal, with normal, with just regular Wii mm-hmm. or Wii Mote nunchuck combos, mm-hmm. um, have to run away from said freeze bird, iceberg. So you just tag them; they get frozen. Oh god! I was about to make a horrible pun. I was gonna be like iceberg lettuce. Iceberg. Lettuce. Oh. Right. Iceberg. Iceberg. I'm sorry. Look what you've done to me. This is your fault. Anyway. This so is your fault. So if you're playing one on one, freeze tag can go by pretty fast since once you touch them, they freeze and the game's over. But if you're playing with more than one person. The people on the TV do not get split screen. They all have to share the screen and have to run away as a group. Yeah. Because obviously, if it was split screen, they could just go to separate sides of the board. And it'd be super easy. Yeah, I mean, it'd be ridiculous. So yeah, you have to kind of move in a pack, or if you get left behind, you're all go frozen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That, I, that, that moving as a pack thing, I think, really works really well. It kind of smashed for the death in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, because the screen scales to yeah. fit them to some extent, to a minor extent. Because that's how Chase works. And Chase, all, everybody... There's like a countdown and you have to like rush to get the orb in the center of everybody. Mm-hmm. And whoever gets the orb run, runs away from everybody else for until they make things go off screen. Yeah. So in that sense, it's more like Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. trying to get everyone off screen. Right, right, right. And you have to do that three times and you win. Or until the time runs out. Yeah. And more cards. Now. And that one's fun. Multiplayer is what, is what the game's really the meat of. Oh, well, the meat of the game is this multiplayer that you're discussing. How I, I put Wait, multiplayer. Like one more, one oh, sorry, did I forget one? Yeah, there's still one more. Sorry. The last one's called hide and seek. Where sorry, that was my bad. The person on the gamepad. Oh, well, I forgot to mention. In Chase, whoever's on the gamepad has the same function as the people on the TV, and in that sense, yeah, it's the same thing. You but they just have their private screen. Yeah, but yeah. they're still sharing said screen with everybody in the sense that yeah. you can't. Yeah, it's not yeah. a separate view. But um, and the last one, hide, hide and, and seek. seek. The person on the gamepad runs away from everyone else, and that's the one that's kind of like Mario Chase. Right. They're holding, like, some orb thing that they have to keep from everyone else. It's like a ball of light on the back talon, yeah. And they have to keep it away from everybody else until the time runs out, but if they don't, then it could get stolen from them, and they have to steal it back, which is kind of cool. It doesn't end just right away like Mario Chase. Yeah. Because those games go really fast. It's like a freeform capture the flag. Yeah, and there's also some nice, like, some levels have obstacles. They have lightning, they have water, and... There are even some torches that if you get that said orb and make contact with the or- with the fire, you can mm-hmm. use that as a weapon to burn other birds. Yeah, so it's kinda and cool. it sucks to get burned. Happened to me a few times when we were playing. Yeah. But uh, I was going to say, so multiplayer, like that's the meat of the game, right? Because yep. what is single player? I mean, I play multiplayer with you. It's essentially time trials of the stages. So That's boring. It's, I don't know, it, 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 it's good practice, but... Don't you like follow like what looks like a guitar neck? Like strings yeah. of a guitar, yeah, actually, yeah. So it's like you're fret. on a set path. The fret, yeah, yeah. the fret. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the game. I mean, is, you, you the game originally was going to be multiplayer yeah, only. So I mean, the fact that there's anything, I guess, is yeah, a plus. Yeah, like honestly, like I don't really see a reason to play the single player. I would just play for the multiplayer, which is the only reason why I got it. Right. Well, you got it on sale too. It was only seven forty nine. Yeah, now which, it's back to ten. 
Yeah. Which, which is, would you say it's it, worth 10 or would you say really that sale price was uh, the sweet spot? Uh, if you have a steady stream of friends to play with, I would say it's still worth it. Yeah. But if you can only find yourself playing with that most like maybe one other person, yeah. it's probably it not. Loses the appeal. Yeah, even three. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Nintendo Land where Mario Chase or uh, Luigi's Ghost Mansion or Animal Crossing Sweet Day is not as fun with one person. Yeah. With one other person. Well, I mean, they do, those games yeah. are a little different because they scale them, so they're actually different. Yeah, because you because objectives then, when you play one friend. Yeah, because I mean, like they could still work with one on one. Could still, I mean, they'll be fun in a different way. They'll just be a yeah, little more competitive. But they'll chasing be, Aurora, be more competitive than anything. But chasing Aurora doesn't adapt to having fewer players. Yeah, so that's the difference. So the, the fun factor of each game does kind of yeah. depend on the people. I will say, when I played it for the first time, it took me forever to figure out the rhythm of flight because it's not just like you fly with A. On the game, on all of them, actually. No, you just you fly, fly with, with the joystick. You flap with I it. mean, you flap with A, thank you. You fly with the joystick, but getting the flapping down, it's not just like you hold down A or you rapidly press A. There's actually a rhythm. You have to watch the wings move on the bird. And for some reason, it took me forever to get the rhythm down. I don't know. Yeah, the other person we were playing with couldn't figure it out. Yeah, there's like... And therefore, couldn't enjoy themselves. So. Yeah, he, he hated the game as a result, <laughs> which is sad, because it is actually a really cool game. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks really good. I love games that do different art styles. Like Actually, all the games we're talking about today have unique art styles. Will Inferno goes for the Tim Burton dark look. Chasing Aurora does the very cool vector art. And then uh, Gum and Clyde, which I guess we'll talk about now. Is there anything else about Chasing Aurora that we forgot? Mm, oh, well. The bird designs are cool. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. there's like six different birds, right? Yeah. Which, so slink. I just, yeah, we don't need a list. <laughs> and they're all different colors, obviously, to make it easy to spot. But in the third game, we're going to talk about... Uh, Gum and Clyde, that is also has a very interesting, sketchy, sepia-tone look. But real quick, so, general, general consensus on Chase Aurora, good if you have a lot of friends, yep. maybe not so much if you're a single player. Yeah, or it, one only, only one yeah, friend. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. It, it, you could tell it was made for friends. That's one true. tidbit worth mentioning is Broken Rules, the guys that made the game, small dev team, uh, they are doing an update of some sort. They said they're doing something. I don't know if it's fixes or like new single player or some sort of DLC, but they're doing something. Ooh, and and they acknowledged me on the Miiverse. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I exist. You exist. Believe it or not, it's not just me doing an alternate voice. There's an actual person sitting here named Jose. If somehow someone was able to think that I was doing two voices at once, you've disproved it right now. And running two Miiverses and running two Twitters and having a totally separate personality and being a separate person. Or maybe you decided doing that. Or maybe it's you doing me. Maybe you're, maybe I'm you. Just some food for thought. I'm thinking. Anyway, uh, Gum and Clive is the last game we're going to talk about, and that is, that's a weird tangent. We went to like some weird, like, meta stuff. No, you're weird. What? Good comeback. Uh, so Gum and Clive, <laughs> it's for 3DS. If you thought the other games were indie, this game was made by a single guy. One guy. And it's actually really good. If you're, I mean, in a nutshell, this is actually what I tweeted about, how I tweeted it the other day. If you like Mega Man platform, this is literally my tweet. If you like Mega Man platformers, and you like sepia tone, you're gonna like Gundam Clyde. Basically, it's a really solid Mega Man-esque platform shooter with a very cool art style, no. and it's very cheap. That's in a nutshell what it is. So what what's you okay? So how it works is um, the game is a bit on the short side, but when it starts out, it's a straight up kind of western. You're Gundam Clive or the other playable character whose name I'm blanking out on, but it's a girl. And you run around and you shoot things. Gunman Clivet? No, she has a different name. Uh, but you run and you're shooting and you're figuring out enemy patterns as you run or walk. I should say walk. The game Clivina. Literally. Sure. Clydedale. 
No, that sounds like a guy still. Uh, Got a name Jezebel. That sounds like a Western-ish name. Yeah, kind of. But that's not him. Jezebel. Jezebel. Uh, but anyway, so the gameplay, how it works is you're, you know, it's very Mega Man 1 and 2. You're going right. You're moving left to right. There's enemies. You gotta kind of watch your shooting pattern and kill them. And then uh, there's a lot of pattern-based stuff. So you have to figure out, like, oh, there's a rabbit. Yes, a rabbit. Jumping at me. I must shoot it at this time or it'll jump on me. Or there's a duck waddling in front of me. Yes, a duck. I must shoot it or it will, or it will quack at me. Or whatever it does. It hit you. And, of course, there's actual gunmen with guns. But, um... It moves a little slower than Mega Man. It kind of has a... F- I know, not, didn't, it, it almost has a it slight... It sounds like a Sepiton Cabela's um, Dangerous Hunter or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it has... It has. It definitely has a... It's uh, surprising it looks pretty intense. Yeah, but it has a... <laughs> it, it has a, like, kind of slow motion to it. Like, I mean, it's not too slow, but it's definitely not Mega Man fast. Like Mickey Castle... No, it's not that slow. It's not that slow, but you kind of... It's a little floaty. Not in a bad way. I want to make that clear. It's not bad. It's just slower than you might think. But um, as you go through the game, the Wild West theme gets a little twisted and it goes into like this tech techy steampunky almost stuff i won't and you know the platform gets more challenging there's disappearing platforms there's some gravity relational stuff that happens but um well the interesting thing is just to give you an example the second boss in the game it's a train you're still in the wild west you're on a train you're fighting you know you're shooting enemies on a train and making your way through level and then the train engine transforms into a robot and like goes off the rails and it's like riding the rails on two wheels while fighting you and shooting fire and shooting oil at you and stuff. Oh, it's wow. it's kind of crazy. So stuff like that starts happening. Like so, kind of itself worth the buy just to see. Yeah, just see that. No, but it is uh it is a really cool game. I wasn't trying to be sarcastic. No, I know, I know. I but it it is a really cool game just in terms of you know it's a solid platform. It's made by one dude and it's pretty impressive for that, but. It also uh, has that art style, and that's really where it, what makes it stand out is the whole thing looks like a sketchbook. Oh, and one, one more thing about gameplay real quick. Sorry, before I forget. You have one life. If you die, you have one life, but you have, like, you know, a health bar. There's three difficulty settings which determine the length of the health, health bar. If you die, you just start at the beginning of the level, but all the levels are bite-sized. They're no longer... If you can do a full run-through, if you know all the enemy patterns and whatnot, pretty quickly. So they're not huge levels. They're made for portable games. Which makes sense, because this game was originally on... And it's a portable game. <laughs> well, it makes super sense, because this game was originally on uh, iPhone and Android. Oh. And then you ported it and enhanced it with... Um, the With the extra character, 3D, and a special third unlockable character that I will not spoil, because it's, it, it's, it's, it changes it up tremendously, and it's absurd, and it's awesome, and it shows the game it's as a sense of humor. No, no, no. I don't want to say anything more. It's like it's a it's a kind of a funny surprise when you find it. Tell me after. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, what was I saying? So yeah, there's replayability because you have the the multiple playable characters, you have multiple difficulty levels. So while the game itself is inc- uh, incredibly long, there is stuff to do, okay. and there's reasons to play it again. And there's high scores, like there's times you could get a best time in a level and that sort of thing. But as I was starting to say before I cut myself off, the big hook is. Uh, the art style. So, like I said, it's kind of sketchbooky. Everything kind of has like that sketchy jiggle to it, you know, like those cartoons that look like they're sketchy and kind of wiggle. Yeah. It has that, and it's three, and it's all sepia tone or sepia tone, however you pronounce it. And it's uh, it's three D. So, which is weird because it's a sketchbook look at the same time, but it works really well. Like it just looks like the sketchy buildings are like you know three D rectangles. I mean, there's a trailer on the eShop if you want to have an idea of what. Yeah, it looks really cool. I really like the look, and like all the enemies are well, the animals are like plain colored, same color as background, but all the enemies, or, yeah, the animals are that. The enemies are blue, like, blue, like, they almost look like they have, like, pastel scribbled over the sketches. And then Clive himself, I believe, is red or pink. 
So, you know, it, it, it looks good. It's not just total sepia tone or sepia tone or whatever. But it definitely, it's a very unique look. It's a fun game overall. I mean, for two bucks, if you want just a good platformer, you really can't go wrong. It's hmm. as simple as that. So I, oh, I definitely recommend ch- checking it out. Once again, it's only two bucks. And it's like a 199? good... 199 wow. And it's like, because his attitude, even though he added 3D, the developer, even though he added 3D and even though he added whatever else he added, uh, the extra characters and whatnot, and button controls as opposed to touch controls, his attitude was, well, it should be comparable to the other console. You know, the other... If you could buy it on this, you should buy it on that for the same price. So he charged the same price. Hmm. So that, in a nutshell, is Gunman Clive. Hmm. And it's a fun game. So yeah, I think overall... Well, maybe I'll give that one a shot. Oh, that that was... I see what you did there. There's no pun there. I shouldn't make a pun. But anyway, that, that wraps up what we've been playing. That wraps up wraps up on that very bad pun note that we just attempted. That Or actually, your good pun, my bad attempt at pun. That ra- wraps up the episode. I tried not um, to gun it. That wraps up the episode. And uh, we will be back in two weeks. We're going to have, as usual, the latest news, latest impressions. We'll share our thoughts on... Um, Fire Emblem Awakening, the demo will be out by then, yeah. along with a couple other games, possibly Mighty Switch Force if I end up buying it, and there's also NBA... Uh, he G- will. I probably will, because he's going to hold the gun to my head. And, you know, maybe, I think NBA 2K12 we'll take a look Whoa. at. So yeah, it's going to be a good episode next time. Um, also, I encourage you to head over to RamTown.com, where we currently have an article, the first of many, called Flashback. It's a new column. If you didn't check it out yet, what we're doing is we're looking back at the favorite games of each... I kind of alluded to this last episode, but we're looking back at the favorite games of each system we played heavily as kids growing up. So we start with Super... And we're going to go all the way through Wii. And we started with Super Nintendo, and we each picked two games. They aren't necessarily good or bad games. They're the games we as kids were obsessed with. And we talk about the games, and Jose did some awesome artwork representing each game. So if nothing else, go look at it for the pretty pictures, because he did a good job. Didn't you do a good that's a weird thing to say. You wouldn't say no. Uh, you did, though. I like to think I did. Yeah, you did. Uh, so that's up on the site, and we're going to have more content, more extra. So we were curious, like, I don't know, what are our favorite games of all time? Yeah, yeah this is the yeah, countdown. Yeah. This, we're going to have a new one every month, starting with Super Nintendo. Next month will be Game Boy, Onward, etc. Uh, so go check that out. It's called Extra Flashback Volume 1 Super NES. We're very creative. And then obviously each one after that will just swap out the number in the system. Uh, also, we're going to have more extras coming up on the site throughout the month, so be sure... Oh, the comments, yeah, you should tell us what your favorite games are, though. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. In the comments, please let us know your favorite game, because who knows? It might lead to some interesting editorial in the future where we I include know, maybe those a game in some you never even heard of. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's a great way to not only share your favorites, but expose fellow Nintendo fans to games you might not have heard of. Us included, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have other extras throughout the month, so keep an eye on the site. And as always, let's give Atheist say about this episode. If you disagree with the theories on the Wii U's launch performance, if you think our Pokemon crazy, my Pokemon pipe dreams are insane. If you feel like cutting Jason off. If you feel like cutting me off, you know where I do it. Randomtown.com, episode 34 of The Fire Rises. Scroll down in the comments and leave one. You're also welcome to hit us up on Miiverse, friend us, follow us, or just look at our profiles and shrug and go away from them without doing anything. It's your choice, really. But I'm, J- I'm Jason R. Jose is Wero, that's W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Coincidentally, but not really. That's also his Twitter handle. You can find me at JSR7. And my oh. Nintendo A. Yeah. Or better yet. Better yet. You could follow Ram Nintendo as a whole at Ram Nintendo. And subscribe to us on iTunes so you make sure that in two weeks, when we post our next episode with those Fire Emblem impressions and so much more, 
you won't miss it on January 27th. So, we'll see you then. And I don't have a sign-off. I don't know what to do. Goodbye.